You know how sometimes you go down holes on Wikipedia and you end up like thinking about something you haven't thought about in 20 years and just confirming that it did in fact happen. Benefer. Sure. Benefer did happen, yes. Yeah. And people are losing their con- their minds and consciousness over the whole thing. But it's, it's back 20 years later. I know. I'm happy for them. They look happy. He, lo- he, he looks <laughs> about as happy <laughs> as he can look in candid photos. JLo's looking great. Yeah, she's looking radiant as ever. Yeah. Anyway, I was wondering did it happen and the uk garage scene did it in fact happen in the early 2000s did you watch that youtube video about i think it was garage no yeah a, a video essay went around recently about uk garage and oh it was yeah good yeah anyway i was like how many members were there in the so solid crew i've been thinking about so solid crew and blazing squad and okay blazing squad I really want to read out some of the names of Blazing Squad. There was 12 members. There was. Do you know the really... Was there? Am I right? Um, <laughs> That's a like, full-on guess. <laughs> my, my personal favourite is Melo D. Or is he... I can't remember if he's so squad. 1, 2, cool 3, 4, Blazing 5, squad. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11... Does 12, yeah. Me, yes. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll explain oh, yeah. the, Melo D, the Melo D name when we okay. get to it. It's okay. very complicated. So you know how now there's boy bands and there's, you know, way too many then there should be in the boy band. Well, back in the early 2000s, there was even more. Yep. 12 boys. And they had a song called Crossroads. And See you at the crossroads. Crossroads. I wonder how much money each of them was making individually. Like I'd nothing. Say they were, People yeah. in music made nothing at, at that time. S Club 7 were shafted. They were being paid in like t-shirts. They yeah. were not being paid in like actual money. Um, I think... That should just be a general loot drop from the podcast, the music video to Crossroads, because <laughs> yeah. that is a time capsule for just a certain type of genre and culture and where we were as tweens. Absolutely. Um, so here are the members. Um, I won't read out their civilian names. I'm going to read out <laughs> their. I'm going to read out their musician names, P- service names, please. Okay, and. <laughs> They were hired by the British government, Brian. They were. Okay, and these guys are just the most British. You're right, mate. We're from fucking Blazing Squad, mate. We're going to fucking wreck the gaff, mate. And they would wreck the gaff. They yeah. would, yeah. They sit, They look like trouble. I, I'd be mm-hmm. reased. I'd be scared to go near these young men. And they, and they, I, I, I would be bullied if, by them. If I, if I saw Blazing Squad coming down the street at me, I would literally shit my pants. <laughs> I'd be like, this is... The, I am fucking dead. Yeah. Okay. From the top... We got Kenzie, Freak, Rocky B, Melo D. That's John. Okay, hang on. See, Melo D, it's like Melo D. Maybe his name is like David, so it's like Melo David. But also, if you say it fast enough, it's Melody, like music, which is what Blazing Squad perform. Carry on. His name was Chris. <laughs> uh, we got my favorite, Reaper. Oh, Reaper's good. We got Crazy with a K. We got Spike E, Flavor. <laughs> We got Atel, we got JTel, <laughs> we got Tommy B, we got Tullo, and we got Strider. I get the feeling Tullo was nobody's favorite. I like Strider because it's a video game character one. There was like, wasn't there one called like Tiny Fingers? I think that might be. Okay, so now I'm going to go look at the So Solid crew. Okay. Like, How many were in the So Solid crew? There was 21 of them, and that's why oh the song... Oh my fucking god. <laughs> that's why 21 seconds um, I would say, like, if people are listening to this section and you don't know what we're talking about, it's really important that you drop whatever you're doing and look up pictures of these groups right now, because yeah. you're not going to understand okay, otherwise. I, I, I'm going... Okay, 
Go on our Twitter. I, I assure you, I promise I will find a, like a decent photo of them. Oh, do that thing where we just post it and we don't talk about it. And then several days later, the podcast. There will be context now for it. Okay. So Solid Crew. How many DJs do you think were in So Solid Crew? Oh. I'm going to give it four. It's like six or eight, eight. They were like the slipknot of Chav music. Yeah, they were. Okay. There were three official DJs, but a lot of them, it like like DJs as in, it said the word DJ in their name, but other members, you will know them as DJs from side projects. Okay. So it'd be like DJ ZED and he was not a DJ. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we got AM Sniper. That's a pretty cool name. AC Burrell. Yeah. Akira. Nice. Okay. Asher D. Uh, Carl Morgan, which is just... Oh, Carl. Ah, Carl, come on. Carl's like, no, I'm not not thinking (laughs) of Not doing this shit. Okay. Also, it says here, it expanded from 19 initial members to 30. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) And half of these names are, like, in black on Wikipedia. The other half are in blue. So, like, they have hyperlinks into, like, further information on these. Okay. We got Dan the Man. Gotta say it all as one word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DJ Max, DJ PDS, DJ Swiss. DJ. Okay. Now we got back to back Face and Frost. Oh, I bet they're like a duo. They gotta be Face and Frost. Face and Frost. Okay, you got G Man. Okay, that's for like a British like rap outfit. That's a fun name. Okay, you got JD. Mm-hmm. Sure. You got Cash. Mm-hmm. You got Cowdeen. Mm. Uh, you got one of the more well-known members, Lisa Mafia. Uh, I think she still goes yeah, as a solo I artist. I that there was girls in So Solid Crew. Yeah. You got MC Harvey. You got MC Mac. <laughs> you got a dude called Mega Man. <laughs> was she like the Smurfette? Was she the only girl? Uh, for a while, she was kind of like the, the, yeah, like, she, she she was the front girl who was the, the, the attractive kind of calling card, I guess. Mm-hmm. I wonder the who the, the I wonder who the next girl they brought in was. Okay, you got Money, Mr. Shabs, and these guys who on a side basis very important to me personally, Oxide and Neutrino. <laughs> and I think that's another duo within the group. Yes. You got uh PDs, okay. you got Radical, you got Romeo, you got Scat D. This name's fucking brilliant. Stampede. Oh yeah. You got Statics with his with, with with an X at the end. You got Squammy, Synth, Thug Angel. Oh. Was that the new girl? Uh, possibly. Uh Tiger S. Timeless. Brian, it sounds like there's like Cthulhu monsters above your apartment. Those are the neighbors I was telling you about. And uh... if, an, another complaint has been lodged. Okay. Uh, I might need to get onto the So Solid crew to take care of business upstairs as well. Okay, uh, you got... Sorry, where was I? Timeless? <laughs> Are you going through them all? Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm nearly there. Okay. The Twins. Is that... Please tell me that's just one person. It's <laughs> one person. Uh, Trigger and TW7, which sounds like a water-resistant lubricant. Mm. So, there you go. Uh, and to a lesser extent, there was also a subgroup called the So Solid Kids... Oh my fucking god, really? And at one point they had a compilation remix album released in the early 2000s as well. And it was called Fuck It. 
<laughs> Which really, it, it really puts a bow on the whole so thing, doesn't it? Is mm-hmm. fuck it? The, sorry, the so solid crew, or the so solid kids, the so solid crew. Okay, yeah, I don't think the kids would do that. Okay, I, maybe I'm getting, maybe I'm getting kind of ahead of things here. But where do Goldie Look and Chain come into this? Goldie Look and Chain are like a year or two after this because, like, so solid crew were big around 2002, 2003. Goldie Look and Chain, I'd say that's 2004, 2005. And at that point, they're taking the piss out of Garage. Yeah. And they're kind of like a comedy act turned legit group because I, I love Goldie Look and Chain. I thought Goldie and they Look were fantastic and, in I, interviews. I thought Goldie Look and Chain were shit for ages. And then they released that song. I think it's one. Yeah. And that's, I listened to it and I was like, that's the best song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> they're really good. It's a fucking, I like, only if you, if you want to, if you want to just play a little one. It's just it's just an incredible song. Okay, that's enough because we'll get copyrighted. But yeah, British Garage. How about that, everybody? Yeah, uh, the 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 Irish tolerated it, but you know, <laughs> as with most things from the British, we sternly watched as they soared. I like how many like clips of Irish rappers are are doing the rounds internationally now. Yeah, you ever see those like New York rappers reacting to Irish r- Irish rap videos, and they're like, "It's pretty good." Welcome to the Let's Fight a Boss video game podcast, the world's. What do you guys think during the pause? Uh, you're gonna say strongest. Yeah. Are you just waiting? Like, yeah, I'm just, just waiting. Yeah, it's happening. Interesting. Strongest video game podcast. I am sitting here with two former members of the So Solid crew. <laughs> to my right, known only as Knife Dollars. It's Neve. Hi. And to my left, it's the Spaceman. It's Brian. Hello. And with you always. I'm your host. Trigger nuts. Trigger nuts. <laughs> with 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 his head at the end. Yeah. Please don't make that a thing. Like, can we just can we just roll past that? I really hope we're all wearing beanies and oversized jackets, and it's way too cold to be outdoors. But we're on top of a building, and a helicopter is filming us. What would our song be called? Um, bread and butter. But it's no, no, like bread and butter. <laughs> pretty good that's pretty good guys i feel like we should kick things off brian you've been very excited to talk about a a certain a certain topic featuring john cena yeah you good to go now sure cool it's wrestle talk Oh, we're going to talk about car movies. Why? What does that have to do with John Cena? The He's summit. a wrestler, Brian. He's fighting Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. I feel like I was really transparent with this. I'm pretty sure there's a big overlap between car movies and wrestling. Yeah, okay. okay look, real quick, I have to talk about wrestling because things are going fucking insane. Okay, like seven years ago, CM Punk, one of my favorite wrestlers, does the pipe bomb. Are you guys familiar with this? 
<laughs> no. Like, like he has an explosive? <laughs> yep. Okay. So CM Punk comes out and he sits cross-legged on the middle of the stage. Okay. And he's basically like, I fucking hate WWE. And he just, for eight minutes, lets rip about how much he hates the company. And he goes, like, so far overboard. Like, it's really funny because John Cena's in the ring. And you can slowly see John Cena's face go from, like, okay, this is interesting, to, oh, no, what are you doing? Like, there's a bit where he's like, um, I don't hate you, John. I just don't like how you kiss Vince McMahon's ass just the way Hulk Hogan did, just the way Dwayne did, referring to The Rock. And it's like, oh no, oh, this is getting too real. But then he like jumps back and forth between like this weird fictional reality and actually actual reality because he's like, I am the best wrestler in this company and WWE does not give a shit. They don't care. I'm not on their stupid fucking programs. I'm not on their shitty cups. I'm not on anything. And the crowd are going mental because, like, WWE fans love when people shit on WWE. Yeah, it's funny. And then he turns on them and he just goes, and to you people cheering me right now, you're as big a part of me leaving as anything else. And he's, and he's like, <laughs> how do you think I feel when you bring me that merchandise that my face isn't on at five in the morning at the airport when I just want to go to bed, but you want to sell it on eBay because you don't want to get a real job? It is the best promo anyone has ever cut in wrestling. CM Punk actually did really well off it. And WWE gave him a good storyline. And then things got worse between them and they fired him on his wedding day. Oh, yeah. Like, really? Really. Oh, dear. Legitimately. And he has been out of the wrestling industry since. The three people who main evented WrestleMania this year were, well, besides night two, at least, besides Sasha and Bianca, um, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, and Edge. Neve, you know Edge. I do know Edge. Uh, Roman Reigns, just a very powerful, beautiful person. And do either of you know Daniel Bryan? I do. He's a lovely beard. Yeah. Yeah, he's big. And kind he's, of. he's actually kind of little. He's like he's like a little. Is indie he one elf. of the brothers? Am I he, thinking of like? I think the you're Hake thinking of some, something else. Okay, never mind. Yeah. He's Daniel a wrestler Bryan is that like? I'm just gonna Google him. That will yeah. make this fast here. He's a little environmental elf who's very very good at wrestling. And his and, catchphrase is yes. Yep. Yeah. And WWE basically tried to bury him for years because he's not a Vince McMahon guy. He's oh, like, he looks like he's from Galway. Yeah, oh he does. Oh my god. He, yeah. he's, he's also got lovely legs. Massively, <laughs> massively talented wrestler. Um, crazy connection with the audience. People just love him because he's extremely likable. And then he had like an amazing heel run uh, last year, two years ago, where of course it's WWE, so his, his whole angle was that he's an environmentalist and he wanted people to stop polluting. He was let go from WWE recently. His contract expired mm. and it was just like... What are WWE doing? Because they don't let their big talent go. Like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Meanwhile, the rivalry with AEW has been heating up a lot because AEW, like, year on year, are gaining ground on WWE. They're still not there because WWE is a fucking institution, but, like, they just got a big star in Aleister Black who was let go. He's now called Malachi Black. And the craziest fucking thing is now happening where... There's rumors going around that are like nearly confirmed at this point that AEW have signed CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. And if they did that, 
the thing WWE has always had over AEW is star power. It's people like Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, John Cena, Roman Reigns. John Cena is a part timer at best. Like he's a he's a movie star now. Like he'll do maybe one match a year. They have Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's been out for ages. This move kind of nearly levels the playing field star power wise, and it's just fucking crazy because it's like this giant shift in the landscape of wrestling, and it's it's insane to think that like you know two years ago AEW didn't exist, and and this is happening now, and it's just one of those things where it's like wow. It is a really crazy, weird time to be watching wrestling. That's all I have to say, but thank you for listening to me. Thank you, John. But it hasn't been confirmed. Not yet. Okay. I think maybe actually Daniel Bryan has. But if CM Punk did, like he said he was never going to wrestle again. He went to be an MMA fighter. Got his fucking head kicked in. Oh, yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah. But then Brock Lesnar also did that and became the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar is... A freak of He's nature. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He's just just uh just there are humans and there are Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Fast and the Furious talk. Go. Neve, we have two films here. <laughs> uh and we'll work your way up to to it. Yeah. But these are two select favourites. We have Fast Five and Furious Seven. Okay, so I started watch I took my own advice, which was where I went wrong first. And I watched Fast Five because I was just like, this will give me a good basis to watch seven and then go straight into nine. So I started watching Five, and Five still holds up. This is the introduce, uh, introduction of Hobbs, which is The Rock's character. And it's a very contained story set mostly in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, in Rio. Yeah. With the safe, isn't it? Yes, yeah. with the safe. So it's very contained. But there's still a lot of stuff in it that's kind of like, oh shit, I need to watch Four. Because Michelle Rodriguez's character isn't in it. Because her funeral is in the fifth one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Because she gets killed off at the end of 4. Mm-hmm. Because 4 is a soft reboot. Exactly. And in 5, one of the main characters from the first one dies. The guy with the tattoo on his arm. He has a big black beard. Yes. Who's part of the original crew. Yeah. He's yeah, from yeah. The, and like I was just like, well, if I haven't watched the original one, then I'm not going to give a crap about this guy dying. And also, there's a lot of necklace stuff with Dom because Michelle Rodriguez gave him the necklace. And that's not really landing for me because I haven't seen 4. Then I was going to skip six, but that's the best. Okay, it has the best plot part because Michelle Rodriguez's character is presumed dead, but then comes back to life. But she has amnesia. But she has amnesia and she's working for the other side. I feel like that, like, I feel like death in Fast and Furious from going off secondhand information is kind of like death in Dragon Ball as in, ah, never really. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Except when linked to real life. Yes. Well, well, the 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 one actor who's like physically dead is still canonically alive, but they just talk about him. Oh, okay. I yeah, like they they are all linked to each other in a way where they're all support beams to this crazy mm-hmm. monument of Vin Diesel in a car. Yeah. So then I get to seven and I haven't watched six because I was like, I need to speed this up. I need to watch seven. But now Michelle Rodriguez is back in it. And like, she's dealing with all this PTSD because Dom is still in love with her, but she doesn't remember any of their moments together. And see, Dom had a side relationship with Hobbs's partner mm-hmm. in the sixth movie. Yeah. And and then she had to kind of step back because now Letty, Michelle Rodriguez's character is back in dom's life yeah also that fucking necklace like 
has more power than like the Infinity Stones in the MCU. <laughs> yes. Where like it, it it is hinted at in so many movies and passed around between multiple. Like it, it's it's like a fucking lightsaber. Like. Yep. It, it's like and Luke Skywalker's it, it lightsaber. It suggested it has like magical powers. Well, it's just like it's like kind of like the token of their family, yeah. basically. Because yeah. when Han dies yeah. in like like Fast and Furious Three, Tokyo Drift, which is set, it's six point five. It's set yeah, it's set after six. And, six. Seven. and they do a great thing in Seven where they go back to like Japan and they have all the lighting switched to make it look like yeah. All of a sudden, it looks like two thousand six. Mm-hmm. And the guy from Alabama's there, even though he's meant to be seventeen, they've now like, like retconned it. So now he's like a man in his late, uh, late thirties. Man grown. Mm-hmm. He went to the beach. That makes him. <laughs> it made him really wrinkly. <laughs> like it, the the fucking necklace is so crazy because like John in 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 the ninth movie they introduce a second necklace and people <gasps> lose their shit. Okay, so this is like, I didn't get to nine because I was like, I need to watch six. And then I just finished Seven today. But like Seven is such a globetrotting one. They go yep. all around the world in Seven. There's like fucking 10 locations. And like it's really set PC. They visit like three different continents. Yeah. And Ronda Rousey has a fight with Michelle Rodriguez. And it's pretty good. Michelle Rodriguez is kind of amazing. That that bit where they Michelle drive. Michelle Rodriguez is really cool. The, the bit where they drive the, the sports cars through tree buildings is fucking ridiculous. And when they get the hacker, what's her name? Uh, she's played by Miss Andy from Game of Thrones. Yeah, R- Ridley, R- Ripley, something. Ramsey. Riley, Ramsey. Yes, Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah. I kind of thought the way they treated Ramsey was like, I was like really appreciative of the levels of not being sleazy. Like, there's always a bit in it because it's like car culture and like whatever. But like, there's also a respectful edge. But I thought Ramsey got a bit of a bit of a hard time being just like overly sexualized consistently her role later on is that she's actually secretly a moron and she doesn't <laughs> and people people think she's smart because of her british accent That's and, she, really funny. and she's the only one in the crew who can't drive and they take the piss out of her for it oh uh, she's a good addition to the crew oh, she's brilliant but basically brian what i'm getting at is i didn't get to f9 because i kept stonewalling myself by being like this plot is just too amazing because how can like i need to watch eight again before nine because they introduced charlie strong's character she's very important because she's like a bad hacker not a good hacker mm-hmm. like john ha- hackers will get you oh they totally will i saw that i saw a documentary about that i think it was called hacker do you remember that brian the one with Andrew she kills Huna, people through the internet. The one with Andrew Huna Jolie in it. I don't remember. I think... No, he, that's Hackers. Mm-hmm. There's another, basically... <laughs> Shaggy. There's a slasher movie about a hacker, and I think it's called Hacker. And it's just... He kills people through... He, likes turns off your brakes and stuff. It's very good. So I haven't got there yet, is basically that's what okay. I'm getting to. Instead of going to see F9 in the cinema, I went to see Legally Blonde in the cinema. How'd that go? It was great. It was my first time movie, watching it, it and yeah. I really enjoyed it. What's her character called? Elle Woods? Elle Woods. Yeah. Elle Woods wants to become a lawyer because her boyfriend dumps her because she isn't serious enough. And he's going to Harvard Law and he needs a Harvard Law girlfriend. So people will know how good he is. Um, so she just passes the bar and gets in. And hijinks ensue and she uses her abilities and her brain to solve the case and win today <laughs> her, her abilities and her brain her brain 
I, I remember the case. Her fashion abilities. Yeah, like like the fashion plays into it very importantly at the at the last minute. Yeah, like the writing in the movie to, is, to, is clever enough from what I remember. To, to have a breakthrough on a certain witness. An old man dies and his fitness instructor young wife is blamed for the murder because it looks plausible. And Elle Woods knows that she would never do such a thing. Um, because she went to a fitness course with her before, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that character is but played by nice. Ali Lautner, who plays yeah. Claire in the Resident Evil movies. So and I was and she like, was yeah. in Heroes. Did as you well. watch the new CG Resident Evil thing? Yeah, was Infinite Darkness. No, it is the worst piece of Resident Evil fiction made. Brilliant. Like it's okay, just I'm gonna awful. Check that out. <laughs> no, it's so boring. It looks bad. The story's shitty. The animation's shitty. Just, it's just they don't get Leon's hair right. They don't get oh their no, faces not right. that. Claire's just sidelined. It's just shit. I was watching all of it. It's meant to take place like, between five and six. I know. It? Oh yeah. No, between two and four. I between think. two. Oh, or maybe God. it is five and six. I can't even remember anymore. It doesn't matter. Like Leon just loves presidents. Yeah, because because it no, came out after a, four. Yeah, because because it came out a month ago and nobody gave a shit. Because it was awful. And if someone's out there being like, it wasn't that bad. No, I know <laughs> how you feel. I'm a Resident Evil fan too. That was bad. That was so fucking bad. Oh. I just like I don't get what Capcom are doing sometimes like they reintroduce Leon and Claire to Resident Evil 2 remake and they have so much opportunity because a whole pile of new fans love these characters and then they're like let's go back to the old terrible timeline where Leon is a sad alcoholic and not a fun cheeky chappy or a rookie cop. I think the moment they stopped making Leon sassy. He's just the bad side of sassy, and like he's such a super cop in this. Like he's just protect the president. Ultimate, yeah, there's no Leon, wiggle room with him. He's boring. As ultimate hell. Leon Kennedy will always be him sitting on the throne for me. Like that's my Leon Kennedy. That was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Just so good. But yeah, not great. Well, so that's my conversation about Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious, Legally Blonde, <laughs> and Resident Evil: Infinite Darkness. Um, movies, movies take time. Mm-hmm. Brian, I. I you added this to the docket, and I am shocked and curious to see it here. You watched an episode of Sexy Beasts. Oh, I did. What is this fucking monstrosity? Oh, my God. Okay, so Sexy Beasts is this year's Netflix uh, dating show. Oh, yes. Why are these shows always like a nightmare? Because the one last year was Love at First Sight, wasn't it? Yeah. And that was like <laughs> at the beginning of COVID or kind of like maybe a month or two into COVID. And a lot of us watched it, yes. made fun of the people, and then looked at ourselves in the mirror and died inside. Because, you know, we did not mentally pace ourselves very well. And shows like that didn't help. Sexy Beasts is like... We looked at ourselves in the mirror and the demon is visible. Like the first episode is about a girl as a demon. Do you, want to, do you want to describe like just the weird concept of this show? Okay, so this is a one person dating three people TV show. And she's in each episode will have person A with three suitors, B, C and D. And they one will be eliminated per round. Okay. Until they have the final pair. But the catch is... The catch is they are wearing ridiculous makeup. 
that you can't tell what they look like under the makeup. Like the most elaborate theater makeup yeah. you have ever seen. Like, like prosthetics. And I need hair. to stress yeah. that makeup and prosthetics is amazing in this show. And it's in 4K, so you can really like the detail on the costuming. Well, not the, the, the makeup, because they're ba essentially wearing their own clothes. It's just they're kind of bust mm. and maybe their shoulders and hands have makeup on them uh, as well as the entire face and the, their their head in general. And so the first episode, uh, it has female contestant with three male suitors. Need to stress as well, there's six episodes. Every episode is a heterosexual pair. Of course. And I was thinking about other show, other dating shows. Like what's the one, First Dates, Ireland, yeah. First Dates UK. Like they have a good diversity at this point, but like, this was an opportunity. You had six episodes. It's a real easy layup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. like, this is like, it's so like, with like first dates, those are people who want to actually date people. With a show like this, these are people who want a boost to their influencer career. Oh, they are. And like the people in this are so attractive because when they- That's what's, what's the point? What's the fucking yeah, point? Yeah, but like, why? But like, they're so hot and like- They're like, all models and shit. They, they like, are, they're, they that's their occupation. But, it's just but, like, ah. But they're like pop star hot. Like, it's insane because as soon as they take off the makeup, like, there, there, is, there is a wow factor, but then, it sinks in and you're like, no, wait, these are all like perfect hands. Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Did you guys ever see that old show? I think it was called Love in the Dark. I, Is that like an yeah, MTV show? I, yeah, I'm remembering like, uh, it. I, I can't remember if it was MTV. I feel like it was like UTV or Channel 4 or something. Okay. But it was basically the kind of like... Uh, sort of like date house setup. Do you remember those old MTV shows where like, you know, there'd be a house of guys and a house of girls. And yeah, the real world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Or Jersey Shore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they wouldn't live together. They'd only meet on dates, the boys and the girls. Um, but this was basically all the dates happened in the pitch dark. So they could not see what each other looked like at all. And they'd be in the same room and they could like sit on the same couch mm. and hold hands or make out if they wanted to but they couldn't tell what the other looked like until they got out but the twist was that some people were super hot and some people were less traditionally attractive well at uh -oh. least they did it you're gonna get a grenade <laughs> but there was one Brian. that's from jersey shore that's that's where it comes but <laughs> <laughs> the grenades are here. <laughs> Gotta leave the floor. The grenades are here. Oh, Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ. <laughs> but uh, there was one episode where, you know, a, a, a very conventionally beautiful lady paired up with a man who was like, you know, maybe less people's thing. But they got on really, really well. And like, you know, they ended up, you know, hooking up in the dark and stuff. Like they were really, mm. really into each other. And then like, you know, the reveal comes at the end of the show and she sees them and um, they have to do this thing where like they both get to see each other and then if they want they can kind of meet at a certain place and it just shows the guy waiting and waiting and waiting and she doesn't want to meet him and Aww. he and it was so sad because this lad was like a very typical like lad you'd find out in the English pub like a lot of confidence like bit of banter that kind yeah. and he was just <laughs> fucking devastated that's so sad. I don't like these shows. It's like naked attraction. That's why they don't have yeah. 
ugly people. Okay, I get what you're saying. No, I, but, I, I, okay. I still think they should. I, <laughs> but, I, like, they're not having ugly people just, because they're cowards, Neve. I just hate that whole, like, is attraction really skin deep? And it's just like, will she fall in love with the, like, cosmetic, like, baboon face? Um, Don't worry, underneath is, like, a male model. Like, it's like, what does it matter at that stage? I, I think a lot of the contestants on these shows are already very superficial, so it's gonna be... Yeah... I just, they're so mean-spirited. Naked oh, attraction, and you're just, like, fully naked body, except so your head is blocked off. So they basically are choosing you based directly on your body. But it's so sex-positive. <laughs> it's so horrifying. It's such a weird show. People I love, like, I love, weird I love shit. how much, like, sex-positive stuff becomes a nightmare. Just <laughs> oh, so yeah. Weird. Oh, that whole concept crossed over very quickly into okay. a nightmare like, realm. You know, on, on the surface, the diction, dictionary term, hell yeah, sex-positive. Oh, yeah, that's same. great. But the shit people mm. use it to justify yeah and put people who aren't comfortable in situations and no 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 it's fine big smiles all around you know, everyone mm-hmm. big, big smiles all around <laughs> <laughs> no, have, you guys, have, you, have you guys ever done like speed dating yes I did really? it once. yeah What's it like? oh my god um nerve-wracking yeah it was really like nerve-wracking but because you're doing it so quickly all you can do is get out the basics so you don't have to like spend a lot of time looking for conversation kind of thing so you kind of get a general vibe of people i did it because a friend was going so i had like no expectations um i wasn't really like looking for anything so maybe it was more chill for me in that sense Mm. because i wasn't that worried but the plus of it seemed like because you're moving so quickly things don't get as awkward and the person you might have something very quickly what you can just write down their name I, i would love to try it like not so much the finding someone part. I just want to experience, experience that dynamic. Yeah. That's yeah. why I went. I was gonna say you should, but is is that kind of just shitty to go as a person who's not interested? I'm just here as a tourist. I love tourists. I'm, I'm not <laughs> that's, available. That's how yeah. I start every conversation. <laughs> so I'm just here to waste your time. Yeah, I don't sorry. know. I, I think it'd be all right. Yeah. I think I'd probably like say yes to everyone and then just like not reply to anyone. Then, then, then you're just like the the guy at the very end of reality. You just stood up. Yeah, John, they're waiting. You're, you're they're waiting hearts. in the hall. I for think you. they need to oh. have reasonable expectations. <laughs> I kind of gestured to myself when I said that. Guys, I got nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there it is. I, I just just walk away. It's it's a car that won't work. Yep. Um. Anyway, sexy bees. This show is half an hour long, or about you know 20, 20, 22 minutes. 11 minutes of this show is just b-roll footage of the contestants in their makeup like doing voguing in front of the camera like it doesn't oh, need to sounds... it, it, it's padded out to fuck and like the people they have on this like okay they're insanely attractive they're just they they talk out their asses so the the, the first uh the first episode is was was enough for me and i was like okay i get it um it was the girl looking for three guys and she was a demon, and the three guys were uh, a mouse, uh, a stone man, and a baboon. I wish they had taken her aside and been like, I'm just going to warn you, there's a real fucking grenade in here. <laughs> Everyone was so fucking attractive with the oh, makeup. Bet. Who did she pick? The baboon. But the people in this, like, guarantee they've no idea what a furry is because they're just not part of that world. Or even adjacent to that world. It is just not in their vocabulary. Like, you know how we have, like, cousins or siblings and they wouldn't know what a furry is. Yeah, I feel like I fall into that conversation, like, once every three years and have to explain it. Yeah. 
one final note like okay the makeup is amazing i really really wish part of the show was the makeup process yeah. Because, oh, Brian, because you are you are not their target. Because, it, like, but it, but it it's, is. Like, it's about so ma- like, yeah. But see, but see, the problem. Oh, is- like, I, like, yeah, it, that'd be super interesting. But mm-hmm. like, I bet you, you know what they should do this. is do two competing shows. Do their stupid like um, um, dating love, one, and then the release scenes. a behind the scenes that are shorter, like just fifteen minutes about application and the makeup behind it. And I bet you. There will be a huge audience for the makeup because it's really oh, good leave. makeup, and 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 they're moving around. Bless, and bless your little heart, and leave. Because because yeah. there's one episode where, where in the episode I watched, um, they they went to the theme park and they're on roller coasters, and I was like, the, the makeup not, it, but it doesn't like, and it's all like dangling off their face, but it, mm-hmm. it's sticking down. It'd be so weird to have that much makeup on and have to like do normal casual things. And there's a bit where two of them try to kiss, but like some of the appendages are blocking like the mouth. Do they comment on each other's makeup? Yeah. Cool. Okay. But they're more just interested in each other's like physique rather than mm. the head. <laughs> what would you if you had to if you couldn't see someone's face? What would you base it on? Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking that back. Question. I, I, do we really want to? <laughs> you know what? We all have an answer, and we all agree to it. And le- let's just leave it at that, okay? I recommend everybody check out one episode. Maybe don't watch the first episode. Just like pick one out of the six and just do a roulette and just watch it. Just just experience it and then just never watch it again. But I do think you, you should check out the makeup in the show because it is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's fantastic enough that like when I saw like the Netflix preview, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, uh, highly recommended. Full stop. Don't watch it. Cool. Full stop. Um, I watched... Words bubble up like soda pop. Oh god, I saw this fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow, you're angry about it, Brian. Because there's so many of these like post your name movies where you've got like the romantic like fucking pairing and one of them is like not doing so good. Is is it it's another and one that of those. Is exactly what this is. Yeah. That is exactly I'm look, not like I, I look, don't try to be cynical, I'm, I'm but not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that the film ends with one character running desperately towards another screaming their name but it might but there is a saving grace to this movie and it's that it's basically one of the most visually beautiful movies i have ever seen okay it looks fucking amazing and like it's not like it's not oh it's your typical anime thing but edited really nicely the art direction top to bottom is so consistently incredibly on point. All the character designs are like really fresh and weird and saturated. And like this, the majority of the film takes place in like a mall and like it's all colored like pink and turquoise and the security guards have like yellow uniforms and the colors are so saturated and so crazy that like it shouldn't work at all. Like it should, it should look like a mess, but somehow it kind of ties together. It kind of reminds me of like a lot of Iraqi's later JoJo colors in that like, it's just these neon pinks and blues. And it's like, I don't think like, even what you're saying, Brian, and like, you're right. That's what the movie is. It's not a bad one of them. It's not an amazing, like, it's not an, it's not an amazing story. It's like reasonably charming. It's fine. It's just the name and how whimsical that is really. I, I, okay. I, I really hate the name of the movie because it's, I just think it sounds so weird in English, but like, likewise, I would not watch the dub of this. The dub is just very, 
it is very anime dub. It's too twee. It's 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 really twee, and I think when like you watch the sub, it kind of just takes that back a little bit. But um, it's hard for me to level like that many criticisms. Part of it just because like it's non-offensive, but another part of it, it's just like every new shot of this movie was like firing my this like visual synapse in my brain just being like wow look at how cool this looks and it's like the animation is really like gestural and weird like there's a chase scene in the mall and it's like a skateboard kid and there's all these like little visual in jokes that happen all the way through and it's it's just a gorgeous looking movie like not a whole lot going on with the story the story's fine but holy shit i've just i wish more stuff looked like this yeah did you watch a little bit of it, Neve? I saw a bit of it. My girlfriend, Rebecca, watched it. Yeah. Because definitely in her wheelhouse. Same feelings. Yeah. Beautiful looking. But yeah. it, is, it is one of those movies. If you watch the entire movie, your opinion will not change. But um, I loved it. If you're into color, like I, I loved it visually. If you're into like color design or just, you know, want a break from that super polished, like your name, very... It's like anime distilled and distilled and distilled and distilled into just this. What I feel like has actually become like a really lifeless style. That if photorealism you, background kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and like it was cool at a point, but now I just feel like I, I don't need to see another movie that looks like this, but I think we're going to see about 100,000 movies that look like this. This does not look like that. This looks creative and expressive and just beautiful in a way that I would love to see more anime and just animation in general look I think the last time I saw a film that was this good looking it was Into the Spider-Verse um yeah that's that is how highly I would rate it but yeah Brian yes you read a manga which for people watching listening is a is a a Japanese comic do I have that right? Japanese comic book yeah Yeah, manga um it's a Japanese word apparently Mm. Not 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 short for magazine. Uh, not to be confused with a anime, which is a Japanese cartoon. That Japanimation, as they're also known. I, I'm reading a manga called Humunculus. Um, what happens is I'm down this weird rabbit hole, adjacent to my other rabbit holes, where I'm reading lots of weird seinen manga, and I keep getting recommended this one called uh, Humunculus, and it's a psychological horror. And I'm about halfway through it, and it has its ups and downs in terms of its story, but I'm enjoying it. It's from the author Hideo Yamamoto, who also did Ichi the Killer. Oh, I remember you were telling us about this at one stage. Were you, John? Or did I dream that? Or did I just go down an Ichi the Killer hole? Oh, I don't think it was me. Okay. I, I, in Praise of Shadows did a video on it. Maybe I talked about it from that. Maybe. That could be it, yeah. Yeah, I've not watched that video, but I I will after I finish the because there's also video. a live action Netflix film that just came yeah. out as well. So it seems like whatever way the internet worked, it just kind of caught my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I've seen the film Itchy the Killer. It is the most Takeshi Miike film ever made. And Did you see the anime that came with it? No, I'll give that to you. It's gross. <laughs> oh, I bet it is because like the author is very much. In his comfort when he is shocking the reader. Yeah. And Humunculus is absolutely shock. And some of the shock is very, very good. Other parts of the shock, I'm like, I get it. I'm not interested in this. Can we just get on to the next arc? But when this manga is good, it's 
fucking brilliant because the way some of the shock is done is just so fucking funny like there's a bit where the main character they kind of finally get into his backstory the main character is a man who has become recently homeless but as the story goes on you realize or you learn that he, he did this by choice because he left the society of the wealthy behind because of what they were doing to the poor and the way he quits his job as an actuary for a large international bank is fucking hilarious and it's edgy and shocking but in the perfect way that's a way to quit your job buddy i'll tell you afterwards okay um anyway the story begins and it's about a man who sleeps in a tiny car and he's living outside a park full of homeless people and he gets scouted by an unusual punk looking guy who is practicing to become a doctor and he goes let me perform surgery on you and i will give you a large amount of money and the main guy thinks about it and eventually accepts and what he wants to do is he wants to perform a tremination i think that's what it's called where they carve a tiny hole in your skull but only just on the skull not to the brain just around the like outside so that your brain is only being covered by the layer of your skin on your forehead And it's just a tiny, and you're both doing the squirms. Yeah. And it's just like a tiny, like one centimeter diameter hole. And the idea is that this will open up your sixth sense. Okay, now, now I'm listening. And what happens is, and like the, the art is fantastic. And it's one of those things where the art is so good at the start, and then it has to be scaled back. And by the point I'm at, there's so much reuse because the, because, because the author has to reach its reach the weekly or monthly deadline i kind of worry about authors when i see that sometimes i just read tepu and some of it's so beautiful and some of it's like you can see that guy struggling and like that manga had to go on hiatus for like two years sorry yeah no it, it, it's just the first two volumes of Himanculus were fantastic and now it's just like a volume will just be two characters talking at a table yeah and you will go through pages and you will go that's the same drawing i saw 10 pages ago because it's just reeves yeah and keep tapping anyway he gets the surgery and the the uh, doctor-to-be is like, well, any difference? And he's like, nope. And then he walks out onto the street and he gets some dirt in his left eye and he closes it. Or maybe this is right. Anyway, he gets dirt in his eye and he has to close one of his eyes. And when he does that, he sees things two-dimensionally instead of three-dimensionally. And half the people around him do not look like people anymore. They just look like bizarre versions of humans. There's one person where their head is just like flipping upside down. There's one person with like multiple legs. There's just a person. Some of them are pretty fucking cool. Yeah, there's one where he's like a very like heavy looking man, but then from the side he's like paper thin, and he's walking around. Uh, um, what what what's uh, the location in the Yakuza games? Kamurocho. Kamurocho. Okay, well then Kabukicho is the actual place. Anyway, he bobs into some Yakuza, and the head Yakuza. Uh, like stops him in his tracks and he looks up at the Yakuza and anybody who has like psychological baggage looks doesn't look like they normally look like and he could see their vulnerabilities and the way he sees the Yakuza is it's a big giant mech that is slowly opening up and inside is a little boy crying and he's holding a sickle to his pinky finger trying to cut it off wow 
And at this point, he's kind of flustered and he lets that slip. And the Akaza goes, what did you say? And the other guys are like, what, scram, punk? And then the next day, the Akaza finds him out again and goes, what did you say about me? And they have a heart to heart and they talk. And the Akaza explains his tragic past. And there's a reason why he looks like that. And the main character heals his pain. Through in, talking about it? Through talking about it. And the Yakuza quits the Yakuza. <laughs> and he's got, and he, he gets this epiphany. And he doesn't look like the mech anymore. But now the main character looks at himself in the mirror. And one of his arms is a mech arm. Oh, so he takes... Yeah, like he took the pain. Okay. And at this point I'm like, okay, this is fucking brilliant. But then it's kind of, it becomes this kind of pain of the week storyline where mm. he's collecting other pains and some of the other stories are not as good as the Yakuza story. Uh, second one fucking sucks. Third one, so far so good. But it really feels like the thing where the pacing is just atrocious. Okay. I don't, I, like, nothing will happen for an entire volume. And whatever way I'm reading it, it, it or whatever, like, presentation, there's no chapters. Mm. So you're just kind of like, or it completely lacks momentum. Yeah. But I'm really curious to see how this goes. And like, it's edgy, it's fucked up, but there's also this weird nuance to it when it wants to be. Uh, but yeah, I'm having a great time reading it. Probably, probably something should, maybe a little content warning because some of the stuff in there it, does. It, it is from the author of Itchy the Killer. Yeah, okay. I need to stress it like, this is the edgiest, darkest, shocking shit. If you are easily shocked, you will not enjoy this. It is not for you. Okay. That's just how it is, unfortunately. And segueing on from that, I saw a movie. Oh my god. Space Jam 2. Oh. And a new legacy. I also watched this. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. I really didn't like this did film. You go, did you see it in the movie cinema? No, or? I just torrented it. I don't know. So. It's on HBO Max. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I, I uh, 10 a.m. at the cinema. Ticket for one, please. Private screening really? of Space Jam 2. John, I, I don't think this film is even, like, good Brian, in a bad way. I did way. not hate this movie. You liked it. It was fine. I thought it was grand. I thought it was really bad. I, okay, here's the thing. I think, like, the worst thing you could kind of say about this movie is, like, it's kind of... It's just a big fucking corporate mess, right? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's Ready Player One. It's it's Ready Player One. I also think it's better than Ready Player One. Yeah, it is. Like it's, and I think that's the level of disaster. I but this movie is fucking weird. Yeah, like it's, it's too. It it's is like two such hours long. a strange movie. Rick and Morty are in it. Yeah, all the content that streams on HBO Max is in this. Mm-hmm. Like Game of Thrones, Game Harry of Potter. Potter. Seriously? Yep. Yeah. It's it's. It's it it is corporate as fuck. Yeah, it huh. is. Um, but like for me, I wasn't bored watching it. I'm like so bored. I felt like I felt like to me like I didn't like a lot of the two D animation in it. The two D animation I thought felt really like weak. But the three D animation, like the character models look fucking weird. But I felt no, like... no, it, it looked good during the basketball game. I felt like there was. Every, like, two or three minutes, there was, like, some weird visual set piece they do. Like, they have a rap contest at one point, and everyone changes into rap clothes, and they look pretty cool. It's not, like, a great movie, but I was like, this is fine. There's, I didn't hate it. There's a bit where LeBron James falls from the sky, you know, like a cartoon character. Yeah. 
and he crashes into the ground and he leaves a silhouette, but it's of the Nike logo. Are you serious, I'm Brian? Not, yeah. I, no, oh. no, like John, that, that did in fact happen, didn't it? That definitely happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I really didn't like the cameos of the audience in the background. Like at several points, you could see characters from The Matrix but you can tell that's not they're, they're not the characters. You can tell it's a shitty like Halloween costume. Yeah, and they have they have the penguin, but it's the Danny DeVito penguin, and he's standing beside Don Cheadle's character for a lot, and like it just looks ninety percent correct. But I I I know who that's aimed at, and it's aimed at me, and I can tell the mistakes in that costume. Yeah, <laughs> there is the weirdest Michael Jordan fake out. Oh, I, I actually like that. Though. That was great. That was brilliant uh, yeah. and very contemporary. Um, so, like, my two biggest problems with the film are... Go for it. Well, I guess three here. It's too long. It's two hours, which is too long. Yeah. Uh, original Space Jam is 88 minutes long. And what happened was... Even Original Space Jam, like, starts to stretch a little. Yeah. And, like, the basketball game doesn't start until, like, an hour in. They're not playing basketball in this game. They're playing a game with a basketball, but... It is based on a video game adaptation of basketball made LeBron by LeBron James. James son and designs a basketball game. Oh. And it's combo based rather than actual net scoring. So like it, it's style based. So it's like a platinum basketball game. But the rules of it aren't very clear. And it's very much based on luck where you have to stand on these like tokens that give you like flair. And then you can combo out of that. But they're just put in for the sake of plot reasons so that they can up the stakes when they want and choose. Has video game mechanics ever been fun in a game? In a movie. Yeah, sorry, in a, in a movie. Game. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> in a movie. Because like, they try and capture this very specific video game feeling never, in a film no. and it never works. Like the Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider doing a light crystal puzzle and you're just watching someone bringing things to different parts and <laughs> yeah. slotting I think, I think them in. like that in the Silent Hill movies Yeah, the well. rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you need a certain colored key to open yeah. up a certain colored door in And I don't movie. mind a bit of that, but like putting, standing on multipliers like that only matters when you're playing something and you yeah. can feel that. It's just like... I think like comics and manga can kind of pull that off better. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But it, it's not just movies. Compared to the original Space Jam, in which there's a bit in the original Space Jam where they explain the rules of basketball. I don't know, Brian. I think maybe the basketball in Space Jam is a little less solid than you're remembering. Compared the to the movie. The monsters do score like 300 points. They don't. This final score is 77, 78. The, the, the counter goes up very quickly. The counter in the new movie goes into the thousands. Okay. I'm not sure. I think... I, re- I, don't, I don't care. Like, John, like I, I just don't care John, how realistic the basketball I, is. I didn't like this movie so much that I studied it. Because yeah. it, it left such a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, uh, you're not the only person I've heard dislike it as well. But I think I was just really expecting to hate it. And I was just like, it's a grand. Um, I like Lola Bunny's Wonder Woman bit. That's that fun. was good. Uh, and like LeBron and his storyline has an arc. Bugs Bunny's storyline doesn't have an arc. He, a, he dies. Like Bugs Bunny dies and then a scene later he's back to normal. Yeah. And like 
his reasons for like all the Looney Tunes leaving Toon World and like going off into other IP, none of that is like and resolved. That, that was in so any disappointing capacity. because that was such a fun idea. Like that the idea that Bugs is the only one left in Toon World. Like yeah. I, I liked that, but yeah, it, they don't do anything with it. Yeah, it it just feels like there is a version of this movie that had a more solid character arc for its main protagonist and secondary protagonist. I think at some point gone. they were like because like in the first Space Jam, it's like there's so much Looney Tunes shit in it all the way through. The Looney Tunes are much more like a side character. Of Takes this ages movie. for them to come in. Yeah, they're not in it for like the first half hour. How's LeBron? He's, he's good. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, he's not bad. He's doing really well for himself. He does a dab at one point though and yeah. it's like, oh. But like Remember this... dabs? Yep. But see like, this film was going to lose me in because in the first five minutes it does something that like is not is personally offensive to me in that uh you, you know how in the original space jam there's it, it, it's got its little prologue of michael jordan in the 70s mm-hmm. so in this it's lebron james in the 90s and he's playing a game boy and then his coach played by uh uh what's his name from the wire avon barksdale is his oh, coach I didn't pick that up uh tells him stop playing his game boy and throws the game boy in the bin game over really didn't appreciate that i was like (laughs) these are very specific criticisms brian yeah like (laughs) no one does that nobody does and like and but lebron james did and look at him now but see the thing is they use the game boy because he's playing bugs bunny in crazy castle which i was like that is really clever and because i knew the video game thing was going to come up again i was like that that's a really great way to tie it in at the beginning fuck the game boy in the bin and it's just like they made a film to annoy me really not happy with this film can't argue with that there, like all the stuff in this film was made to hurt brian yeah i, I see that's how i thought i was gonna feel about it but um i was just like yes yeah, is a stupid movie and like i it's like yeah it's nowhere near as good as the original space jam but Definitely. i also i also didn't want to go into it being like it's not like space jam one because i feel like that would make me crazy like no offense brian uh, who were the references aimed for? Because as someone who's just seen the people who pre-release. buy pop. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But like yeah. I've seen the Matrix one, and that's like okay. Is this for the thirty-year-olds who watch the original one? Are they trying to reference stuff for children now? This who is are a. Mi- this? I, I don't think this is a film for children, and like it is a it is a children's movie. But I think this is a film. This is a this is a nostalgia minor. Yeah, okay. it is. Yeah. Like it, it, it's got the droogs from Clockwork Orange in it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're 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 the thirty-something-year-old bringing your own kids to this, and forcing your own. Maybe, maybe, maybe to be you don't need, If we're gonna be real, you probably don't have kids. No, okay. I, I'm pretty sure this <laughs> yeah. film is for someone who who has HBO Max and has watched a large amount of the library, and goes, "Oh, look, this is the new thing that's out on Friday," and they just stick it on. Yeah it's because um, because that like the, the the bit where they and like they're real careful about the harry potter shit as well where like they have lebron and he goes to hogwarts and he gets assigned ravenclaw and then he leaves hufflepuff. again or hufflepuff yeah <sighs> shit brian but like they're really careful about that because you know it's harry potter and that shit's toxic yeah i i i, I don't know if that do you think that was it i i bet there they was just they had to cram so much shit in there i, I bet yeah. there was more because, like, that's a popular IP that they just... Well, they gave him a, like, 
Hufflepuff to give him Hufflepuff. He wears Hufflepuff clothes. So that's a real like meh house anyway. So they were really wanted to move <laughs> them people, out of people it. People get so like I, I don't give a shit about Neither Harry Potter, but people get so into being from Hufflepuff, and I don't understand it. It's like, dude, why are you calling yourself a fucking loser? Because it's all they have as losers. Oh, that's that's <laughs> that's the one thing I'm not adding up. Yeah. Um, but like I liked like I liked how LeBron's like we have to play properly, and then the Looney Tunes are like. We can't fucking do that. Yeah, because they, they even say fucking. It's weird. Um, like John, at the very beginning when he's talking to his kids, he goes, "Do you think basketball is a game?" But like, it is a game, LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of the moral of the movie, Brian. <laughs> like it's a game. <laughs> That's his epiphany at the end of the movie. But just at the very beginning, and like, like he, like I, I remember the quote because because I quoted it back to Rebecca, and he was like, "No, he doesn't go. Do you think basketball is just a game?" Which is different he goes he goes do you think basketball is a game but like michael jordan probably doesn't think basketball is a game uh, i'd love if they tried to do again to do that line like 10 times and they're like no just a game and he, and he kept saying, <laughs> no it's just, a game just just rewrite the rest of the yeah. movie <laughs> it, it, it is a game yeah anyway that's a big thumbs up from space jam 2 from both myself and brian Absolutely, big like the thumbs go up so high that they go, they curl all the way down to my ass, and okay, I just how many, die inside. How many Ready Player Ones is Space Jam Two? I actually, well, do you know what, Brian? If you said you like this better, I, I, or, I, I think I need to watch them both back to back in like my own personal why would you hell. Ever watch Ready Player One again or whatever the fuck that? Thing? Okay. That is that is the worst cinema experience I've okay. ever had. Like John, you, you know how Ready Player One they have that bit with The Shining and you died. Yeah. The bit with the Game Boy in Space Jam 2 was He my... just throws a fucking Game Boy in the bin, Brian! Who does that to a Game Boy? The best damn basketball player in the entire world. Next to Michael Jordan. I like LeBron James as well. He's He does a good meditation series. He, he and, and, and he is very good at talking to, you know, a placeholder that will be filled in by an oh, animated character. that Bugs Bunny voice actor was not good. He's like Bugs' main voice for the last, like, 20 years I think. really because I felt like Eric, that, Eric and, Waza, fairness, I, think I, I have not watched Bugs Bunny in a long time but I felt like it was a good Bugs Bunny impression but with none of the like classic confidence yeah yeah I I, I like the it, it, it's weird how it goes 2D as well and LeBron isn't in the film physically for a good 45 minutes oh yeah because they have cartoon LeBron because maybe he was busy Superman's in it Neve. Batman's in it Ugh, gross yeah it's weird Warner Brothers under 2D rights. Yeah. I hate these kind of movies. I hate these team up oh, movies. Oh, I think this is a new, like, I think this is a new genre. I, th- I think you should watch that Wreck-It Ralph like, sequel. Just wait. You... No, I can't do it. <laughs> it's Brian, so, no. It's so frustrating. Just As wait, an just, animator, just you... I find that movie just hideously offensive. <laughs> just you wait for the Fortnite movie, Neve. So much IP. Everybody's here. Everybody's and here. And nobody's anything good to say. But that that's like that that is kind of the problem. It is just all becoming this like culture slime. You know, everything is just in everything. At least with Smash Brothers Ultimate they pace it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Get like a new character, what every like three or four months. We're never getting Waluigi. Not not now that everything's on the table. Want, okay, there's one character left, and I know we can't change our guesses, okay. but I actually had like a, a dream the other day that the last character came out, and it was the sandbag from Smash. 
and it was like guys he's finally getting his revenge i would i think that would be incredible i would lose my mind i just that. think that'd be so funny It'd if the be sandbag because so the sandbag's been in that game for like so many like for, like iterations Do you know half the joy of like a new smash announcement is just watching everyone get mad yeah. Like you know what the Minecraft I'll, one. I'll take another Fire Emblem character. I just wanna, <laughs> I just want to see people lose their shit. I love I love when Sakurai <laughs> explains Minecraft again or, or or Fire Emblem again. Like he's like no 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 it, it's it's this it's the strategy JRPG series <laughs> made by intelligence. You probably haven't heard of it. Oh god, um, strategy talk. Hear noise in the background you had to crack a window because it's unusually warm it's like cold and then it's balmy and i don't know what it's trying to be it's not good i i don't know what to wear to bed at all these days is close an expression that people outside of um ireland use but well, fuck them it's close yeah it's close real touch and go real touch and go guys i played Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade Intermission Yuffie DLC Side Story. Thank you, John. No problem. The, the game deserve its respect. Yeah. Um, I had played a, a, a little sliver of this, we'll say, before the last episode, and I was really impressed by what I saw. And let me tell you, the good feelings stop there. <laughs> oh, really? Um, yes. The best thing about this... Okay, there's two good parts to this. One I'll get to in a little bit. The first is just Yuffie... They have done Yuffie really well. Both, like, aesthetically, she looks great. I think her voice actor, I'm pretty sure it's Morgana from Persona 5, Brian. I believe it is, yes. But um, she's just really cool. Like, she's not weird. Like, I I remember seeing the trailer, and I saw her running around with, like, her arms out by her sides. And I was like, oh, God, they're making her, like, a weird little infantile, gross anime girl. That's just what she looks like when she's balancing on a beam. And I was like, okay. Okay, and like for a while, her gameplay is really fun as well. It's like you know, you basically she because you're de- she's the only character you can control. You can give orders to Sonin, I think his name is. I might be mispronouncing that, but to people who are going to correct me in the comments, I really need to stress this. I don't fucking care. Um, so and for the start, it's good. This DLC is four hours long, and it's twenty quid. And that's okay if those are a fucking killer four hours. Boy, are they not. Okay. There's, and I thought it would be longer this because it starts with like chapter one, the prologue. There's two chapters. <laughs> you, cannot <laughs> you, have, you cannot have a prologue with two chapters. At that point, you just do like part A and part B or side yeah. A and side B. No, like, I, it, side A and side B would have been fine. Just pace it mentally that so when i'm and like bitch and like the the point of no return for this is the end of chapter one. Oh my god so okay. it's like you're basically going off to shinra and someone's like might not be coming back to midgar for a while and i'm like okay i guess this next chapter is going to be really long that is the chapter <laughs> um the combat was fun for a little bit. It's basically, I think I talked about this a little bit last time, but you can throw Yuffie's, Yuffie can melee with her star or she can throw it. And when she throws it, her regular attacks become like magic and you can switch to like fire ninjutsu, thunder ninjutsu, ice ninjutsu, wind ninjutsu. The problem is that exploiting weaknesses was a big part of Final Fantasy VII Remake. And a part of that was materia was kind of like, it was, 
it was rare and magic was hard to get and like you know you had to spend points to be like okay i need to spend an action point to do this fire attack but you need to spend a point to switch yuffie to fire magic and from there you literally just pelt your enemy with fire until they're dead and you maybe you stagger them or maybe but it doesn't matter because when you stagger them all you're gonna do is keep jamming on the fire button there's no like decision to be made it's literally like scan the enemy they're weak to that switch to that and we're like you know in final fantasy in the remake um original all the characters had so many different ways you could play them it was really easy and interesting to like Mm. come up with tactics that refilled your atb really fast and got you hitting them with another big spell or you know trying to link materia to your weapons to give them like fire effects and stuff like that then that was really awkward to switch out from and you might have to like it might leave you really good against this enemy in this fight, but in the same fight there might be a different enemy. So it was like, there was a lot of like tuning and balancing that there does was, not happen here. But also I think because of the limited enemy variety in it, you kind of, it kind of got to a point as well where you kind of knew what to do and you didn't Especially have Especially for how long some yeah. of those like sections were. It, it overstays its welcome. Every time. And especially in like the last third. If you thought that was a problem in, like, regular remake, Mm -hmm. oh my fucking god. That's so disappointing. This becomes, like, I criticized remake for being a hallway RPG, especially in, like, its last third. This is just on and on and just, like, the same couple of enemies and just hitting them with fire. And, like, it's a shame because, like, in the opening section, there's, like really nice cinematics and it's really well directed and it it gives me that feeling like gives me the yakuza zero feeling where everywhere i go there's something weird and cool for me to see and that started to fade so quickly and like there's more side stuff i could have done that i didn't do because it's the point of no return and so like as a as a, as a game as a 20 dollar game i don't think this is good as a story it's fucking shite Oh no. It's not good. Um so okay, you meet Sonan. What's Sonan's deal? He used to have a sister who looks like Yuffie. You remind me of someone special. That's so annoying. Why can't someone just be motivated by like you look like you're in trouble and I want to help, not like you remind me of someone. Someone I care about and thus I care about you. Yeah. And uh, she's I, dead I, and it, you're not. It is a <laughs> yeah. really Oh, well done, Brian. You figured out the next part of the story. <laughs> and um, so, okay, that's Sonan's story. So what's Yuffie's story? And the answer is that she doesn't fucking have one. At least not outside, like, the larger narrative of Final Fantasy VII. She's, she's showing up to assassinate someone and in Shinra. And you don't... Well, it sounds like that at the start. And then it sounds like she's just there to steal materia. And it's really not clear what's happening um oh dear then you break into shinra and like the writing is so fucking bad um it's it's like there's this bit where scarlet shows up and she's like welcome to my lair you know all that shit and sonin turns around sonin this fucking ninja who has broke into shinra looks at her and goes what do you want from us and it's like you're broken into, You're into my house. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Like that that's the level of writing where it's not 
genuine exchanges between these characters because why would someone say that it's just like this is what the base game is like no it's not everyone just no, says words not. no one has conversations no, there was good conversation and they high-fived Eve and it was sweet everyone just loves those characters and they're blinded to the bad dialogue it's well a- I was not blinded this time um Sonin like at the start he seems okay because he's kind of stoic like he's not a, he's not really like a Kingdom Hearts character he's just like a mercenary and he calls Yuffie boss and it's like oh maybe like a kind of cute little like dynamics going to develop between these two it just turns into a really fucking creepy little sister thing to the point that Yuffie will be like I'm not your little sister and it's like this is fucking <laughs> Susan <laughs> no more speaking <laughs> You know, and it's just like I, I'm going to spoil this now. I, I really do not recommend people play this, even if you really liked um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I I I wouldn't recommend this at all. But um, you get to the end of it, and the big surprise is that the boss is from Dirge of Cerberus. Hell yeah! Uh, it's some bondage nice. dude. I don't. Hey, I don't know. That grave got dug dug up. We gotta just keep it going. Yeah, and they've rendered two highly detailed surge of dirge of, dirge of Cerberus models. So can't wait for the second part of the remake. Well, it'll probably be the Vincent DLC, won't it? Vincent better not be fucking DLC. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> Vincent's coffin cruise. You don't want to do it. Brian. Yeah, it's just like that's Bloodborne Racer. It's like <laughs> Vincent yeah. in a coffin. No, like... <laughs> but um, you know, got to build up your gems. You get the end of it. Uh, Sonin saves Yuffie from dying because he couldn't save his shit sister, um, <laughs> and and then she runs out of like Shinra screaming and crying. Okay, but where does okay when does this take place to remake? Is it like a few hours during before? Remake. During remake. So Yuffie gets out of Shinra. Do the plates fall? Yuffie gets out of Shinra, runs out of Shinra, screaming, crying, and the first thing she sees is the plate falling. Okay. And the plate falling looks fucking amazing. There's a really beautiful shot of Yuffie just like looking and it like pulls out just this big wide shot. Should have maybe had that in the main game. Um, and that's when we get... The post-credit cutscenes, and the first of which is is my other favorite part of this game, and all it is is Zach Cloud, Eris, no, not Zach Cloud, Eris, Tifa, Red Thirteen, and Barrett hitchhiking along a road, and I've they seen have this. they have yeah, a conversation about hitchhiking. I thought it was entertaining. It was it was cool, and they have highly rendered locations of like Nibelheim and stuff off in the distance, don't mm-hmm. they? And you're like, someone works so hard on that place we won't go. Yeah, oh, well, like, I mean... I said about the main game as well. Their far away environmental shots are all gorgeous. Yeah. Their close-up stuff is garbage. What's going on? Yeah. And then we get a shot of Zach. This was fucking brilliant. And he goes to Eris's church. Aerith's church. And there's survivors in there. And there's a bunch of children in there, which um, is going to... I I don't know. I, I think this was bad. And the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake left such a bad... T- I, I was kind of like... 
I played it very nonchalantly on this podcast, so no one probably knows that I disliked the ending of Final Fantasy VII Remake, but um, I did, and this has made me lose more faith. But I'm, I'm, an, I'm, I'm a fucking idiot, so I'm going to buy part two. And I'm going to be upset about it all over again. And I'm, do you know the worst part? I'm going to act surprised. But it's all here. Like, I'm going to forget that I'm saying this by the time part two comes out. And I, like, I'm going to be like, I'm going to have like righteous indignation again. And that's wrong. Because if I had any sense, I'd just walk away. But I can't. I really like the cycle of all this where the first hour or so wins you over and then it just yeah. beats you down. For well, the first like 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> first 30 minutes of four hours. Um, and you're just like, yeah, this is just, this has, well, this has, doing it. the character models are gorgeous. The character models are so nice. This has potential to yeah. be shit. Um, shut up, dog. Shut up, dog. The dog's always going. Yeah. That's, the Yuffie DLC, I put off playing it for a long time because I thought it might make me sad. And here we are. Neve, tell us about Going Under. Um, Going Under is a rogue-like, is that what they're called? Oh, a Hades-like. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, a Hades-like where you play Very as good. an intern working at a fizzy pop startup company. Fantastic. Um, you were hired as a marketing assistant, but when you arrive there, you're told to go kill a goblin. <laughs> and you go and kill the goblin, and the guy who hired you was like, okay, I need you to go down to the dungeon and kill. There's probably around three or four more in there. Please kill them for me. And the intern is like, no, you hired me for marketing. And he was just like, yeah, but like, we'll wait and for that, like that job will come up. Like in the meantime, I need you to do this stuff. And she's like, no, I did not sign up to kill goblins. It's a startup. You got to do, you got to wear multiple hats. And he's just like, oh, okay. Um, I just thought from your like CV that you were kind of up for challenges. <laughs> this is this is how they get you. <laughs> Um, but like the, we have other people we can you know get to do this so she's like fuck my shitty unpaid internship is slipping between my fingers and she's like no look I'll do it I'll go down and so starts a procedurally generated roguelike that has kind of bits of bread of the wild in it where you can pick up anything and use it as a weapon so you can have office equipment like keyboards computer screens chairs plants succulents um <laughs> uh, coffee cans and there's also weapons like big swords and mallets and things with spikes in them and you start beating these goblins and killing them and they're dressed up in their like little hats and they're just wearing normal worker clothes as well and in the dungeon you realize that that is a little cistern of unpaid intern goblins um, populating the area oh that's really good and depressing every time you come to the surface you're back in the main office which you know has loads of stuff like a slide and like bean bags but you don't you're not being paid and you meet the CAO who's told you that we've sold the company fizzy to a AI conglomerate and we're making so much money still not paying you and we have all these new tasks and you meet everyone else who works there there's the tastemaker who designs all the different fizzes and there's a coder who works there there's a cleaner and there's just like a bunch of different people and you help them gather stuff up as well in the dungeon like someone might want a coffee maker or the fizzy guy might want to try experiments so you start to see their little 
working world as well. And as the company is slowly being taken over by this conglomerate, they're all being pushed out of their jobs by the AI. So it's like intern culture smashed into a roguelike with really fun gameplay that kind of feels like um, totally accurate battle sister and uh, totally accurate oh, yeah, battle yeah. simulator simulator tabs, tabs where it kind of has like it has a loose feel to it. Mm. They feel like claymation characters. Yeah. They're really like... Real floppy. Yeah, real floppy. And oh. they're like real basic shapes, like a ball for a head kind of thing and big cylinders for arms. And it just looks gorgeous. And it's 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 so fun because it's satirical of like just internships, but it's also satirical of the art style used in corporate art. So it's that like limited color palette kind of happy, sunny art, but kind of art directed all the way it's like an art devoid of culture yeah but this is like loads of like internet culture on top of that kind of thing so it looks like a pinterest board meets like just animation sensibilities it's like it's beautiful looking it's a lovely looking game there's really nice texturing and dithering on stuff um i've been having a great fun time with it the weapons all have durability so you kind of have to think about the weapons you use you can throw weapons you get like different power-ups every time you go down to the goblin dungeon like i had one where if i rolled under a desk it would explode the desk after me and brilliant just a lot of fun roguelike elements but with this internship veneer that just doesn't feel like it's pasted over it. It feels very built from it. That's cool. Um, and I've been having a really great time with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that another shot. I have it downloaded and I played a little bit of it, but you know, do you ever sometimes like, especially around the big sales, you buy like four or five things and then play one of them and mm-hmm. they'll just kind of fall. Yeah. Yeah, the others kind of just get buried a bit. Um, how how cruel and unforgiving is this as a roguelike? Like, is, is, is the game difficult? I haven't played a lot of roguelikes. There is an assist mode. So okay. if people are finding it difficult, they can switch it off just to enjoy the story elements of it. Um, I haven't tried this assist mode, so I don't really know how in-depth it is. I'm finding it fun, but I have not cleared the first dungeon yet, the goblin one. I'm always getting stuck on that last boss. But the more times I'm doing it, the more I'm leveling up different, like the different things you can find on the floor, the more you get them, the more they level up. So there's permanent changes as well? Yeah. Okay. And you can unlock stuff from the office as well that will then appear in the dungeon. So the more I do it and the more tricks I learn, because like beforehand I was just, you know, hitting things. And then afterwards I learned I could throw stuff and then I got a a buff that would, anything I threw would turn into explosive kind of thing. So there was, it was constantly building on itself in the way that roguelites do. Sounds like it's doing that like through a lot of mechanics as well, which I really like because I much prefer that to like plus two attack. Yes. Yeah, stack and blend them. Yeah, and they're all like, they're fun things. Like there's one that I found really great is like every time you enter a room, everyone falls over. So everyone's down. So it kind of gives you a chance to wail on some people. And some of the enemies (laughs) are in like little cars and they're really hard to deal with because they're driving around small office spaces in their tiny little car. And then (laughs) you can get into the car and drive around. Oh, that's cool. Another um, thing, like kind of a mount that you can use is a froggy... um, Pogo oh, space hopper, space yeah, hopper thing. Yeah, uh, no, pogo stick a pogo with a frog stick. on the front okay. of it. And that's really good um, because it kind of, you can clear enemies and just jump on their heads. Jumping is good. So there's like 
I've only found that once. So there's a bunch of like fun little things. And then people who you work with will give you tasks. Like one of the girls, the coffee machine's broken. So she's like, well, look, if you're down there and you find one and there's a coffee machine there, but it's always $60, but I never make $60 on my first run to get it. So I haven't figured out how to buy the coffee machine, but I'm invested in doing it. You wouldn't leave. I believe in you. Gorgeous style. Just looks great. Looks amazing. Looks like a Pinterest board for graphic design. But with its own twist on everything. Yeah. Cool. It's on Game Pass if people have that and want to try it out. Real quick, uh, guys, I'm back on the Duel Links. The Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. Um, are you playing the mobile version? Yes. Are you going to challenge Rebecca? Yes. Are you building your deck or are you stalling? What's happening, John? I'm, I'm building my deck. Jesus Christ. What? What's wrong? Your move. This game has a nefarious hold on me. I love it. It's great. Yu-Gi-Oh! is a fantastic card game. But it is like... It is in my mind like few games get. And I... Like, it's to the point where I'm getting... To, I'm, I'm, I'm getting... I'm at the point where it's like... This is stopping me from doing other things I want to do. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm seeing it firsthand. Yeah. Um, it is so addictive. And it is so much fun. And Yu-Gi-Oh! players are the fucking worst. I have never seen so many rage quits. I, I, I have played, like, hundreds of matches of Guilty Gear. Not one person has rage quit against me. I have had so many rage quits in Yu-Gi-Oh! This makes that sign that went up on Games World make sense. You know, the no adult Yu-Gi-Oh! sign. Yeah, because of all the racial slurs. Yeah. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! players are terrible. But I am having so much fun. And I... I'm not... I'm really resisting the urge to intricately describe how I won a big match. But I'm just saying, there was a Blue-Eyes Ultimate Dragon, a regular Blue-Eyes Dragon, and another regular Blue-Eyes Dragon. And I had nothing except one spell card, and I fucking won. And it was... It was beautiful. Um, no one should play this game. It's very dangerous. Have you spent money on it? No. And I'm not going to. It's actually, like, in terms of the money side of it, like, for me, it's fine. Like, it's like, okay, I know how to get, like, enough gems to get my cards. But, I mean, like, I'm also not a whale. And I think if you have that kind of personality... If you have my thing where you really love playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And you have, like, an addictive personality this game you should run so far from this game but i also kind of love this it's keeping me off social media and you know that's a good thing um also real quick and i really really wanted to have played more of this but i didn't because i played more Yu-Gi-Oh! duel links um i downloaded the ace attorney chronicles oh yes yes just came out just came out i've only played like the first like literally the first 20 minutes and it seems every bit as cool and charming as the original Phoenix Wright games. Uh, I was a little reluctant to see like it go to like 3D, um, even though they've already done a 3D Phoenix Wright, because like I just love that pixel art so much. But I think what was so great about that pixel art is like you would get these very like limited set of animations that just had so much love and personality poured into them. One of my favorite animations of all time is Von Karma from the second game, her just like smacking the desk with her fist. It's like the animation has like seven frames maybe, but every one of them is so just perfect. And you know, Phoenix stamping the desk, like all those little movements, they look so good. 
and they've retained that style for this game. Like, just because it's 3D doesn't mean they've done, like, these big... I don't want to say elaborate, because they are elaborate animations. Like, there's a mm. lot of detail, and they're really beautiful. But they're really limited in a way that's so fucking cool. And it just looks awesome. And it was $40, and you get two games, which is about 50 hours of gameplay. And um, I'm really looking forward to talking about that more. Brian. Yes. Skyward Sword. No, I want to talk one more, one more fucking beef about Space Jam. Okay, go for it. Space Jam 2. Okay, Lola Bunny's in it. And she's okay, Brian, I can't listen. You can fuck the new Lola Bunny. You can do it. It's fine. All her lines were done by the original voice actress, oh, uh, sorry. Kat Susie. And um, then uh, uh, in post-production, they redubbed her with Zendaya just to pull in a bigger crowd. Who is Zendaya? She's, uh, she's a singer. She's an actress. An, an, an actress and a singer. She's a triple threat. Yeah, because she quadruple. She can do a lot. She's really amazing. Cool. She can dance because she's in Shake It Up, mm-hmm. which is a show I watched. But that sucks. I yeah. hate that that's happening to kind of legacy voice actors. Like that really annoys me about like Capcom not using. Um, can't think of the world union voice actors and yeah. just kind of shunting people to the side. But I, that I, really I, sucks. I, I know they're making a new chicken run, and the woman who voiced uh, the the main chicken, they're not getting her back because apparently she's too old bullshit and she proved them wrong because she did the voice that's really sad i know i know anyway that's crap yep i'm you're right john and brian you're right john you're right john she said it she said (laughs) you're right brian this movie is bad (laughs) do you know what isn't as bad as i once thought was Mm. skyward sword i loved the fluidity of that segue (laughs) The real cosmic apprehension of it all. Do uh, you actually like this, Brian? Yes and no. <laughs> I think it's so funny that Nintendo made you all buy a game you didn't like again in the hopes it would be better somehow. The way I... The way okay, I Brian, can, take us on a journey here. How'd you get there? The way I convinced myself I was going to buy this game was... We're going to play it. <laughs> And you're gonna trade it in because later on in the year there's a couple of Switch games and GameStop are gonna have a deal and they're gonna have a bunch of games on a list and one of those games on the list is gonna be Skyward Sword. So it's like you're playing it and paying it forward onto this other game that you actually want to play. So you know it's just a temporary problem in your house that you're gonna get rid of. Yeah, Brian, like I do understand that and I do respect your way of doing things, but like. What do you get out of that? Because I feel like you don't want to play. You just described it as a problem in my house. (laughs) Do you know what? I'm actually really glad I played it because health-wise I'm not doing very good. And there's something very... uh, Not so much comforting, but just kind of calming about playing a game you've already played and you know what to expect of it. Even if it's that you don't like it? I dislike it less. Which (laughs) Is, is... Is that because the game has changed or you? Um, I've definitely changed and okay Skyward Sword is a game that came out in late 2011 I'm gonna say November late 2011 a lot of interesting games came out Uh, Skyrim Saints Row the Third Dark Souls fuck like that was a very particular era of video gaming where I guess the Xbox 360 and PS3 were at their like peak essentially you know like they were still about two or three years out of you know being outdated by the new system but like the games that were pushing the hardware were coming out 
Meanwhile, the Wii releases a new Legend of Zelda, and Legend of Zelda mainline console games come out every five to six years, and this is the one for the beginning of the 2010s. And the following one was essentially uh, Breath of the Wild, which came out in 2017. I know there was a 3DS game in between, but like, you know, home console Zelda game, Skyward Sword. And this was a Wii Motion Plus game, and it was just bound to the Wii in terms of motion controls. So it's very interesting to see this get a port on the Switch, and they've managed to remap the controls to a normal controller. And I'm playing this with the Switch Pro controller. For the most part, the button mapping is decent. It's not good. I still have a lot of problems. So, the way this works is, it's a Legend of Zelda game, you play as Link, and you've got to be the hero, and you've got to save the princess. It's a Zelda game. And the main gimmick of this game is that Link's sword is very interactive in terms of its, like, spatial awareness. You can, you can waggle it. You can steer the sword in any direction. And okay. you use the right stick on the controller to do so. The right stick is usually used to control a camera in a 3D environment game. So, what Nintendo have done... I think this is real fucking stupid. <laughs> you Okay, to control... And so, also in the Wii game, you could not control the camera. All you could do was snap it behind Link's back. You couldn't freely control the camera which made dungeon puzzles and solving treaties spatial awareness situations very difficult because you couldn't look around your environment unless you pointed Link at it. They've successfully managed to do that. Now you can, you, now, now you can freely control the camera and you can steer it in and out, whatever you want. You need to hold down the left bumper to do so. Because if you move around the, the control stick without it, Link sticks his sword out and starts waving it. Oh, Brian, this is making me sad. Now, I'd say about 90% of this game, you do not need your sword equipped. But for 100% of this game, it, the game thinks you do. <laughs> Which is not... <sighs> I, um, I, I don't know if there's button remapping in this game or how much accessibility there is in it. Probably not a not because lot because this is a motion control riddled game. Um but for the but but then other sections like when you're on your loft wing, the, the bird, that's you, you play that with traditional controls, whereas originally you had to wank the Wiimote. I can't think of a better like that like you just had to you, you had to move. No more heroes is the game where you wank the Wiimote. Oh yeah. At least that you like they made a it, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, they did. But I guess my and like the problem What's is wrong, like, Neve? Problem, like I I I was playing and I was like God Neve and John would fucking hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> like Neve, especially Neve, Neve, and I was like Neve, you would fucking hate this. I've Neve. seen some videos of it and I hate how it looks and moves. Um, I'm kind of mixed on the visuals. Sometimes I like the visuals because of how colorful the world looks. I think a lot of the characters look like when you decide to fuck around in a character creator. And like yeah. you make their, you give them like big long duck lips. Yeah, uh, a lot of them have like are very bug eyed, and uh, the transition to HD has not done them a good job. They really look like like Kingdom Heart port characters. I know they really look annoying. I'm not a fan of how they look, but I do like the environments in terms of how the dungeons look because most dungeons in Zelda games are just castle walls. 
Whereas in this, you know, they're very fluorescent and vibrant and oversaturated, but in a good way. But this game is a very long game. It's over 30 hours long, and I kind of divide this game in my head into three 10-hour chunks. First 10 hours of this game are, are certainly improved compared to the original. You can now skip certain sections, and NPCs that used to grab your attention are now all optional, including your talking sword that used to tell you everything. Does she ever not suck? Um, she's not as annoying. Like, like, the, like. Unfortunately, she's still in the game, but because, like, like the thing that like, bothered like, like, me about her was like not even how much she talks to you, just that she was shit. Like, her entire character was like, Link, you have an eighty percent chance of succeeding. She at still the, does that. Okay, that's okay. it. Like, um, she's less shit. She's still shit though. Yeah. Now her name's Fi. She's your talking sword companion. She is the spirit of the master sword, and she will jump out and talk to you. And she's supposed to be like. A reference to Hatsune Miku because her voice is kind of like distorted yeah, and garbled. Kind of yeah, it, it, yeah. She 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 looks and sounds like a Vocaloid. And for the first ten hours of this game, um, I uh, I, I remember not enjoying the first ten hours, but this time around. Sorry, can I just? Who's Fi for? Who looks at Fi and is like, that's an awesome character? I don't know. Okay, sorry. Um, but but this time around, the first ten hours were slightly improved because I could skip ahead and get to get to where I needed to go. So it was improved because you could move through it faster. Yep. <laughs> okay. And the first three you dungeons have to play less of it. <laughs> and the first three dungeons of Zelda are, are 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 decent. And you know what? Fair fucks to the dungeons in this game because it has dungeons and they're good. Breath of the Wild does not have good dungeons except for the DLC dungeon, which I really liked. But that's DLC, and you know. I'll shit on Skyward Sword all day. That. Golden Thread Dungeon is awesome. That's the Ancient Cistern. Yeah. Okay, so the fourth, fifth, and sixth dungeons, which take place in the kind of middle third of the game, the kind of the 10 to 20 hour gap. Like, you know how sometimes you play a game and you're like, that's a bad game, but if you could like take this cr like cross section out and isolate it and just have it be its own thing, yeah. that is the game firing all, cil all cylinders and it's amazing. The Ancient Cistern is one of the best dungeons ever in a Zelda totally, game. Totally, like brilliant. And, and the boss battle is absolutely amazing. Oh, it's fucking great. Fight this automaton with multi with loads of arms. We've talked about that boss battle so many times on this podcast. It's, it's fucking amazing. And like, to play that when you're not feeling well, it was very comforting and nostalgic. And like, God, this game is so nostalgic. Because like, it came out 10 years ago when I was in a different point in my life. And I can remember buying this game and what I was thinking at the time and like I, I just have very different thoughts in my we mind. Were, we were just out of college weren't we? Yeah we were kind of starting our first jobs and we were all working together in the same studio at the time. I remember um, I remember playing it and Michelle said to me you always look really sad when you play this game. Yeah because for you like it came out at the same time as Dark Souls and it was like well Dark Souls was the better Zelda for you. Yeah I was like this is this is I was like this is Zelda now. Yeah. And I was right. Yeah, and like it's so weird now because like Zelda looks at games like Skyrim as like how to make a game because like Skyward Sword is a GameCube game like that's all it is it because the Wii is GameCube hardware this is a GameCube game this is just a mishmash of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Do you remember that presentation they did a while ago where they were like oh listen uh, we had to do Skyward Sword to get to Breath of the Wild, guys. So just, you know, give it a chance. And so, oh yeah, and so the, the, the uh, studio that made this, this was outsourced to an Australian studio that also did the port of Twilight Princess. This is not made by Nintendo. I did not know that, and boy, does that explain a lot. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, the, the middle third of this game is absolutely fantastic, and I would not say anything nasty about it. It's just amazing. Okay. Then the last third, you are between the sixth and the seventh final dungeon. There is a huge amount of just back and forth fetch questing and fighting the same boss over and over because it keeps returning this thing called the imprisoned that looks really lackluster oh i hate that thing and it just sucks the wind out of any like motivation and energy and momentum and i'm kind of into that part of the game so it's like it's this weird roller coaster where it's just kind of shitty and then it's amazing and then it's just kind of and I, I, I can remember getting to this point of the game and I, I stopped playing the game. But this time I'm trying to persevere through it. But the only thing that's making me persevere is the more comfortable controls. But I'm going to play this game and then I'm going to take it out of my life again and never speak of it. <laughs> wow. It's a game. I mean... I'm glad you kind of had like the epiphany about the middle middle third being good because yeah like th that dungeon I played was really yeah, cool because it's it's the ancient sister and then you have the pirate ship and that's a fantastic dungeon as well then you just have like a lava dungeon but like the way it's done is you enter into the dungeon and you can see the boss door at the opposite end but you have to zigzag your way through and I just think that's really fun puzzle dungeon design where you're always going like three quarters of the way around and then you make shortcuts like all of that stuff is really cleverly designed yeah so guys i played a visual novel uh oh called seiya no uta or song of seiya and um, neve don't look it up i oh, know I, I need to please <laughs> let's have a look at what john don't, don't don't no like there's i have i have there's a story and a this is by gen orobochi the <laughs> guy who did this is something he did before he did madoka before he did psychopaths whoa and i really like madoka and i really like psychopaths so i was like i'll oh, play this lovecraftian horror visual novel this sounds like it would be your thing yeah um, with erotic content this oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something that like had been recommended to me a couple of times and um, I was curious and so I started playing it and it starts off really really strong in that um, you are this dude and you are in a room covered in organs and mm. you are talking to three basically horrific slime monsters and they have all these fucked up appendages and all this kind of stuff they are speaking to you like you're a normal human or like you're one of them and their voices are all fucked up and distorted and you are trying not to freak out and like when i say you you're not doing anything it's a visual novel you're just hitting go 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 yeah um and it's disturbing it's really really disturbing and the kind of the story that starts to unfold is basically you're this dude who was in a car crash a couple of months back your parents were killed and um when you woke up you had to like undergo like emergency brain surgery and when you woke up your perception of the world had changed and now everything is basically covered in just like organs and is like flesh and it's it looks horrible and some of the visuals are really really striking like if you if you want if you like when you're in the city it's basically just these 
towers of just flesh and pulp against just a jet black sky and it, it looks it looks like a nightmare and like the aesthetic of it as well is real like early 2000s kind of like ps2 ps1 artwork you know like it's that kind of anime and there's something really bleak about it that i kind of dug and like the atmosphere of it is pretty fantastic universally it has great music a lot of the writing is pretty sharp and i was i was having a good time with it and then you go home and there's this girl there and she's about i'd say 13 or 14 years old and she is the only thing in the world that he can see that isn't basically these horrifying flesh monsters and it kind of i think i'm going to drop a content warning here and i'm just going to put down a universal blanket content warning for anything and everything because this is a hentai game and it is a really really like Brian I know you're saying about like homunculus being like edgy shit but you know the way you're also kind of like going with homunculus this is like the good edgy oh yeah no like like the edgy well some of the edgy in homunculus is punching up yeah which is good none of the edge of say no uta is punching up it is <sighs> Like, I don't want to say, like, it's shocking or whatever, because I feel like the shocking shit in this game, you could find it in a million doujinshi. Like, it's not doing anything ambitious. Basically, this dude is in a relationship with this little girl, like a sexual romantic relationship. And it is, you know, like, I'm not even gonna fucking get into that, because, like, if someone's like, no, that's cool, me saying it's not is not going to convince them otherwise but it's like it is a real game about like depravity but not in a way that i feel like it has much to say about depravity it's just characters doing awful things to each other over and over and over and over um there was like points about it that like i kind of took away and liked like i do think the idea that this dude is trapped in this like nightmare perception of the world and there's like one person who he can see that like is a positive force in his life there was something kind of sweet about that sentiment but like it's pretty dire in places and i i played through the rest of it out of a kind of morbid curiosity because i was like i need to see where this is going and um, a lot of horrific shit goes down and it's just like you know it's a lot of sexual assault it like a dude kills his family all this fucking stuff happens and then i got to the end of it and i was like okay i need to see what people are saying about this game and so i checked the steam reviews and it turns out i had played the censored version of the game and i was like oh my fucking god and so I, I looked up some scenes of the uncensored version and like I played a porn game. I just didn't realize it was a porn game until right at the end. And it's tricky because it's this kind of game like it's infamous in certain circles online. But I feel like it's also the kind of game that unless you are into those circles and unless you are into what those circles deal in, you're not going to find this game, but I feel like that means the conversation around it is really one way. Like, people think, and like, 
I'm really not saying this to shit on people because I don't want to shit on people for getting a lot out of something, but I've seen so many like Seiya no Uta is like the deepest shit in the world. You know, and like it really makes you think about morality and perception and all this kind of stuff. I will grant you, there is some genuine good solid cosmic horror in here. Like there 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 is moments where like it is cool and interesting and there's some great body horror. But the idea that characters repeatedly doing fucked up things to each other is like meaningful in any way. No, I like I, I think there's a way to shock the reader. Yeah. But to do it like and like shocking someone is gonna be tasteless, but there's gotta be like something where it's a flavor that you can kind of digest. Like I'm I'm fine with being shocked if you're like coming at it in a clever way. And like there's so much like edgy, stupid bullshit I like. But with this, it's like I really struggle to see how someone can say like this isn't my porn. I think it's like a real genre problem because I think that happens when you get deep into horror movies as well where the deeper you go there's less stuff so more people champion them in this really extreme way. I I, I guess what I'm saying right now is going to piss some people off because like they love it but it's like I really don't think it has anything like meaningful to say. Like it's... Like, I I was shocked a couple of times playing it for sure, but I also, like, I've also read, like, you know, Dojin Hentai, and there's nothing in that that isn't in this, you know? And it's, like, some of the writing's really good, like, especially the dialogue, like, some of the early dialogue and, like, the way they kind of frame some characters. There's this really beautiful passage about this man who's a painter, and it talks about how he likes to keep his entire house just humming like a machine. And it's, 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 a, it's a really interesting little caricature of this side character. Things do not go well for him. Um, but then, like, there's also, you know, characters' abilities change. Like, this character who has these kind of supernatural powers is able to do this in this scene, but not this in this scene. And it's like, mm. it, there's, like, inconsistencies in the story like that, and that bothers me. But um, I think if I found this when I was, like, a really edgy teenager, part of me would have been, like, yeah, this is this is the real shit. But I, you know, it's like one of my favorite quotes about art, and I think I said this recently on this podcast, comes from Itoi, the guy who makes Mother, and he says that, like, the way he sees art is the artist creates 50% of it, the audience brings 50% to it. I think it's, a, I think it's good to know, just because you bring something to it, it doesn't mean it has any less value, but I think it's very important to know the difference between when you're bringing something to a piece of art mm-hmm. and when the art just has very little to say. And like, you know, there's some stuff I saw people being like, people should be careful not to play this game if their worldview isn't completely developed because it might mess with that. And <laughs> well, it's like, someone dude, who says that, that in general. That really sounds like a Rick and Morty fan. It, it's like, that's like dude, a teenager. That's a... That's a it's a titty rape game, dude. Like, you know, um, so really, just change your outlook on the world. It it just really opens your 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 third eye, man. But I think like I think there's a fun thing uh, when it comes to genre stuff about like coming across something that is a staple of being deep into a genre world and everyone loving it because of what it means to them, and then you kind of playing it as an outsider and just kind of being like. What the fuck? But like, and like, there's parts about it. I I think like the game, like in its own way, like I think it conveys the feeling of depression. Fucking amazing, mm-hmm. you know. But the shit that comes 
after that, it's like, it doesn't say anything more about that state. And it also like, you know, I think there's one page where the dude's like, I wonder, maybe, maybe I shouldn't fuck this kid. There's like one page where he thinks about it and that's it. And it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, if this, if this is a fucking weird section, it just, this game entered my life and I did not know what I was getting into. Oni, feel free to trim this bit. Yeah, Oni, if you feel like I've maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe potentially upset the wrong people here. Not the people who like this game. <laughs> no, but I'm yeah, not, that... Like, I'm genuinely not trying to upset the people who like this game, but to me it was just like... It, I, th I think part of it comes like I, a the bigger, person emotionally defending this. The, this, this. This is something that kind of does bother me, and like it's interesting you say it about like when you're deep into genre stuff, Neve, because like this is a problem I come across all the time, especially in anime. There's certain types of anime fans who feel so put upon and so like rejected that any criticism of the thing they love becomes a personal attack and the only way for them to respond is a personal attack back. I hate that style of criticism. People can talk shit about you, Hack Show, about Hunter Hunter all fucking day. I'm never gonna get upset. Like, I might make a video about it, but I'm not gonna get upset, you know? You got pretty upset, John. Okay. Always a terrible example, but like, I feel like this is something that is so important to some people, but I also think it's something like, it's important to just look at it and be like, Gen, old Gen was trying to make something shocking and he succeeded. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much else is there. If you want some edgy bullshit, sure, go nuts. You can download the uncensored patch from their website. I'm good, but yeah. Thank you, John. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> Just... A, a video game podcast. I cannot stress enough how much I did not know what that game... And now I think I'm, like, probably on the watch list or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember my first time playing... Was it... Mm, I'm gonna have to look up the name for that. Okay, well, in the meantime, then, uh, last time I was in Japan, I bought a big omnibus of, like, hentai. Because, you know, you got it. You're on holidays. You gotta yeah. buy your big holiday hentai. I, I, oh, yeah. 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 Sorry, Dramatical Murder, because, like... Yowie girls love this game and I was like I'm gonna play this and it was just like the worst time I've ever had what, what kind of so you've, pro you've definitely seen the character of Auba have I seen around. is this the figure yeah the figure where it's the guy with the blue hair and he's chained up and yeah oh I think it's like it's like one of the like, it's an anime penis figure you don't see a lot of those but no, uh, they're, they're a, they're a subgenre. There's a subgenre, but like, like they're very easy to snap off. But it's off, just so one of these games sure that is extremely popular in a subgenre um, of people. But then when you play it, and within that subgenre, it totally makes sense to them as to why it's popular because it ticks a whole pile of boxes. But then as an outsider who's only heard about it, and you go visit it, you're just like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. Yeah, pretty much. I'm always excited when I get my hentai on holidays, but because it's a big <laughs> omnibus thing and it's kind of got something for everyone, roughly 25% of it is just not for Brian. Only 25%? That's you. You're doing pretty well. Oh no. Quick time events. <laughs> Steam Deck announced. Yeah. This 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 announcement came out as the previous episode was published. Mm -hmm. So 
two weeks off the press. Here we go. The Steam Deck announcement. Yep. So this is Steam's handheld console. Yeah. Let's fight a boss, bringing you all the hottest news eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this, this this looks really cool. I, I was really impressed with the marketing on how they showed the control stick schematics to make a point that it won't have Joy-Con drift. I thought that was kind of funny. People are worried or people are convinced that it'll be... It'll destroy the Switch, it won't. This is a different audience. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so weird when people say something's a, like, a Nintendo-specific killer because it's like, no, Nintendo fans are playing Nintendo. Yeah. You don't have to worry about Nintendo. Those fucking idiots will play the same game over and over again. I I know from personal experience. (laughs) Um, Yeah, totally. And I think this this seems cool. Did any of you put a pre-order in, or how do you feel about this? Uh, I'm going to hold off and wait and see, but um, it, it, I, I, I will watch videos about this. Um, I think for me, like, it kind of hits this weird line where, like, you know, I have my Switch for portable gaming, and then I have, I, I have a PC connected to my television, and so, like, I would only need this for, like, the cross-section of games that aren't on Switch that are on my television. That, but yeah, not really. I I think it's awesome, but I'm mm. I'm not really interested. This suits me perfect. Mm-hmm. Does, Definitely yeah. interested in this. I do not like playing games on my PC. And um, if this was me a year ago, I think I'd be like, oh, let's do this. Yeah, and like we've we've spoken a lot about why we aren't PC gamers. And I've tried. I have a Steam library. You built and, your own computer, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I built my own computer. I have a Steam library. I'm quite the computer enthusiast myself. <laughs> I just, oh yeah, you are, John. Yeah. You should have spoken to me. <laughs> the amount of people who have been like, why didn't you talk to me? Because I was sad. <laughs> um, but um, I just don't like playing on it because I spend eight hours plus a day there and I built my PC to be a workhorse for animation and my gaming time and my animation time do not need to be the same time ever. So I don't, I just don't like it. Yeah, in the yeah, same no, chair, I same place. I just fucking hate it. And no matter what anyone will say to me, I will never enjoy it. So this this is perfect because there's loads of games, specifically like first person shooters and indie games that I would love to play that just have not made their way to the Switch. And every time I see a game that I'm interested in, I go, I Google if it's for the Switch or the console, like any other console. See that Death Store? Yeah. You play as a little crow. Very cute. Is that on Switch? That is on Switch. No. no? I don't think so. Mm. Well, it's certainly on Steam. See, and that that this is where this works for me completely, and I'm just like game yes. library accessibility. Like it will be in like eight months, mm-hmm. yeah, and then we won't care. Yeah, but by then the Steam Deck will be out, so you'll be playing it there. Well, anyway. I tried to. You had to. They released. They announced it, and then the day after they opened pre-orders, but it was like it's you're buying an, an invitation to pre-order, like it was a four euro charge to put your you in a. Queue. In a queue, in a basically. Queue, yeah. Um, so my virtual queue got extended to Q2 2022. So this original release date is this Christmas, um, this holiday season. But I will not be getting mine until further into the future. I went for the mid-tier one because that made the most sense for me. Yeah, the the uh, storage on the low-tier one isn't good. No, it's a 64. What gigabyte? No, it wasn't that small. It wasn't was it? They didn't put the sixty-four gigabyte thing in there. Um, it was. It wasn't a lot. No, 
Um, oh my god, it is. It's just 64 gigabytes. And then what's the, 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 the mid-tier one? It's like five, or is it like It's 200? 256 gigabytes, but more specifically, and more importantly, it's an SSD drive in that one. Yeah, and the, it'll boot quicker. Yeah, so like I do with the Xbox Series S, I'll just pass games between the SSD and a micro SD to store stuff on. And yeah, exactly something I would be interested in yeah, yeah. good, good move it. for Steam for, mm-hmm. for it sure. Is. It's 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 a good market to go after, and there's plenty of space for everyone. Because there's another console that I will be pre-ordering by the time this episode is out, and that's the Playdate that's up for pre-order at the end of July. And, and the people who brought you Firewatch. Yeah, I showed this to Rebecca, and she was like, "Brian, that's the Ouya," and I was like, <laughs> "No, it's not. It's not the Ouya. It's got a crank, and it's yellow." Cute. It is very cute. Yeah. Um, they've been uh, doing some good PR the last week or so. They've sent out um, uh, prototypes or, well, final, final version, but they're still prototypes to to journalists and uh, game sites, and the response has been fairly good. And they've also been talking about the pre-orders, and they said that there's going to be plenty for everyone. It's not going to be a scarcity thing. It's not going to be yeah, they you said getting bumped out of the line. They're, they're building waves of them as they yeah. get to match pre-orders it seems like they're very confident about the pre-order so i'll, I'll be pre-ordering this uh, over the next few days and hopefully i i, I get my slosh and it's all good because i'm very curious about this machine i've been keeping my eye on it for a few years now and i need to know i love handheld consoles the 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 weirder the better this will be an oddity yes i hope it's good uh, people seem to think it's cool. Yeah, they, yeah, they do, and I, I think people are. I, I think most game magazines, or well, not magazines, but most game sites at this point know enough, and they've seen the damage magazine. done. Magazine, get out of here, Grandpa! You need to make an old joke about Brian. <laughs> Come on, do some damage. I don't know. It's okay. You can wait. Yeah. No. You can be like Brian, so old. Brian's so old. <laughs> He tucks his balls into his socks. Wow. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> wow. That's awful. As per usual, you've, you have you have taken my game and shot it into the sun. As someone who's going through a lot of personal surgery at the moment, <laughs> I need support, physically and emotionally. Use your socks. Um, <sighs> okay, remove that too. No, that's staying in. Oni's, Oni's really turning it today. Oni, put in a whistle slide, like fucking <laughs> send her down the fucking river. Uh, Playdate seems cool. Yeah, hope it's good. I hope it's good. Steam okay. Deck will be, but Playdate, you know. We'll, uh, we'll see. Well, the, the Steam controller worked out, didn't it? Did it? Uh, no. <laughs> Steam kind of have a history of putting shit out and, and just yeah. abandoning it. Steam hardware, Look, what are they? Because it's a mini PC, no matter what happens, people will hack this thing. They will. It's it, it, it's just like in, in, in the like clone console scene, which I follow a lot, there's so many of these Chinese companies that make like hybrid switches with HDMI out and like this is just the Steam version of that technology, so it mm-hmm. looks more official. But like, it does exist, but it is this weird, like, piracy, no man's land, vague territory where, like, anything is possible. That is true. Okay, uh, no transition to this next story. 
Blizzard Activision is a nightmare. And is a what? Yeah. And the story keeps evolving, and it's just... I think as we're recording this, the walkout is scheduled to take place. Basically, it was the... Is it the California government? believe yes. so. Yeah. yeah, basically are leveling a giant, horrific workplace scenario investigation that's lasted two years into Activision Blizzard. That's... I want to say exposed, but like... <laughs> It's it's like it's so not a shock when this shit comes out now because you just, just keep hearing the same shit over and over from these big companies. But um, just a absolute nightmare workplace of just misogyny. There was um, some real dark stuff in here. This we're gonna have to do a lot of content warnings this episode. But um, there was a woman who was basically on hol- on a work trip and she was involved with one of her superiors and she ended up t- like taking her own life and apparently her nudes had been leaked at a Christmas party and it's just it is just the grimmest shit imaginable and it sounds like it's been going on for a really really long time mm-hmm. and I think this is what happens when you prioritize people because they have a perceived ability to bring in profit and they are just able to get away with everything and it's a fucking nightmare and it's the same solution we always talk about it has to be unionization there's this shit can't, like and that's not going to fix things magically yeah. but it's there has to be something because these it's people just, need to be ousted as yeah. well yeah yeah because they keep getting protected and um, first big response from activision blizzard was a tweet from their corporate compliance officer saying that this was what like bureaucratic whatever she basically tried to downplay the whole thing as this like you know just some busy bureaucrats trying to take down a business and it's like you're a fucking nightmare person and what what like what is dangerous about a comment like that is she is going to like that something like that is going to like energize the just crazy fanboys with this stuff who would rather stand beside a company as opposed to like you know actual human beings with real lives yeah it's it is fucking awful. I thought Bobby Kotick's, like, we can, we've heard you, and you know what? We can just see from everyone's response how much you care about this company. It's like, go fuck yourself. Like, you just, you fucking Borg cube of a person. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what this is. And then, um, it's like, this, this might be a bit of a reach, but like, I always remember reading this, like, old Blizzard book, and it was like a Blizzard art book for Diablo 3. And it was like the section on like the demon hunter is like we wanted, you know, we had one goal in mind for the demon hunter, sexy. And that was their entire fucking premise for this one character. And it was so weird to me that a comment like that would get through all the necessary rungs to be an official statement from Blizzard in like an art book. And I've always felt like that was kind of weird. And then you combine that with what sounded like a crazy bro culture from Activision and this shit is just i just feel like has been festering for years and like they say it's been like that this investigation was for two years and actually in 2018 some heads of activision left and they're claiming that they didn't know anything i don't think cultures like this form in two years i think this takes no. decades no. I, yeah. I've, I've seen footage of like panels they did 10 years ago and um there's people in that chain of command that are probably still there and their attitude is awful yeah the way the way they treat their staff yeah 
Um, I don't have really much more to say on it. Like, it's just, it is appalling and it's like disappointing isn't the word. It's, it's just mm -hmm. like devastating that this shit is just so rampant. Like, not even just in Activision, but like, you know, the Ubisoft stuff and yeah. just everything. Like, it is. I think uh, if there is a, there's no positive, but a positive thing that other games media has done, a lot of websites have have vowed not to cover um, Activision Blizzard and Ubisoft games in the wake of this, which I so, think is a good move. Outside yeah. of this lawsuit, they're going to cover this, but not their games anymore. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's good to kind of cover the studio, but not what they put out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because that's where the story is. And that's where it, the information needs mm -hmm. to come out on. You don't need a, a consumer review on whatever orc gun game they have. Yep. Yeah. Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Do you guys want to move on to the next section? A boy, more than anything in the world. Because the next section is... John, say the word the way you like to say it. Emails. How's that for passing the fucking parcel? Would have been pretty good, but then he points it out. Only no, I'm not. <laughs> Leave only alone. Okay. We have an email address. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna drag it out. No. Any more than no, I need to. No, no bullshit this time. Let's just let's just say the email address and get on with it. Okay. Like you know the way usually we'll do like a big bit and we'll kind of lead it in and stuff. This time, I don't think we should do that. I think this time it would be better just to get like directly to it and just say the email. Because that way we can just get on with the emails and just kind of move on with the show instead of everything just becoming this big fucking dog and pony show. You know what I mean, Brian? I've forgotten the is name that the, is of that the, the email. Is that, is that the correct term, dog and dog pony? Dog and pony. Show? Yeah. Could you look that up for me, Neve? Pony? We, we can wait. John, what's the email dog address? And... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Ask. Dog and Pony Show. An elaborate display or presentation, especially as part of a promotional campaign. But who was the original Dog and Pony? Yeah, let's yeah. Uh, let's pause things for a minute. Let's find this out. Oh, okay. There's a clipping from an old newspaper. Mm -hmm. um, and the, mm, Okay, let's I, see. I, I don't know if I should have it's done this. It's a colloquial origins. Hang on, Brian. Let's just see where this 1900. goes. That's a long time ago. Oh, a Henry Drenty and his brothers started touring in 1886 with a box full of dogs and ponies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, times were different back then. <laughs> you could just do whatever you wanted. Box of dogs or a box of ponies. Or are you going to get the one with both of them in it? They love it in there. It's a big old box. Step right up, kids. You can see the dog boy. Oh, wow, look at the pony. Young man, step right back. He's Take got, your hand off. He has blood in his eyes. Ask <laughs> let's fight a boss at gmail. Ask let's fight a boss at gmail.com. So straight to it. <laughs> Alright. We got us a big old hypothetical. Let's do this. This is from Felix and it's <laughs> School Fight. Okay. Okay. We have to imagine. This is a battle manga, and we have all these different IP who's winning in all these different school fights, okay? Okay. okay. They're all educational environments uh, environments because most shown in anime okay. manga takes place in school. More or less, okay. So, I'll start with the first one. It's not that... Oh, the My Hero Academia School. Who wins in that fight? 
Okay, hang on. To, like, as in like a battle royale between yeah. the school? I don't fucking know. Uh, Whizzle what? Who the <laughs> fuck's in My Hero Academia? None of them win. Yeah. Deku. I don't know. <laughs> okay. The Mob Psycho 100 school. Deku. Does he carry on? No. Yeah, he's still winning. It's Deku. Deku wins again in the second round. Deku won in the My Hero Academia school. Who, who wins in the Mob Psycho school? Does mob. It's gotta be Mob. Yeah, right? Mob wins. Okay. This one's fun. Riverdale High. Betty. I think Betty has... She does have the darkness. Okay. Yeah, she's got the serial killer gene. Are we talking Betty or Dark Betty? Look. Because they both technically attend Riverdale High. Dark Betty gets activated during the yeah. fight. I rewatched season one of Riverdale recently. <laughs> um, Dark Betty. Dark Betty. Okay. Okay. Now, Can she beat Mob and Dick? We will get down to the, okay, the, the, okay, the, the later okay. rounds. Okay. Because... Yeah, it, it, it really builds on itself, okay, doesn't okay. it? Okay, now here, there, it's one thing. I'm going to separate the two up because they are two different movies in my... You know, the Heather's School, then oh. we'll do the Mean Girls School. Oh. I actually think the Heather's School is meaner than the Mean Girls School. Okay, the Heather's School, I think Winona Ryder would win because she actually survived an, an explosion. Yeah. Like, she is invincible. Yeah. Like, I, think, I, th- I think if I wanted to go to learn... A lesson i'd go to mean girls school but i think the heathers like there's some violence to that place i, I think i think if you want to teach a lesson you go to the heather school yeah. uh i think with the mean girls school um, regina Re- regina survived a bus yeah flat she was pretty tough and then she took up lacrosse yeah so yeah no she she she, she bounced back she's got some good hp on her okay an irish school who'd win in an irish school yeah um, the nun who pretends to faint anytime you get up on her face. I don't. I don't know, Nevely. She's. I think. I think I could fuck her up. Do you think like it wouldn't be some like, like second place rugby guy that just has a lot of pent up rage because he's second place, and like it's finally coming out and he gets to take down the the first place guy. Either that or um, just a gag girl. Gag girl, uh, let's go. With gag who's girl. late for study? Then they're vicious, and she, she, and and she has the schletter. Yeah, <laughs> she has a like a lunchbox full of turf. What the fuck is wrong with people who play hurling? Nothing. They're it's, very it's, strong and scary. It's a but, fucked but up. It's just, it's just like it's, it's a, a game with game. barely, ain't, like none of them wear helmets, and it's just a a slitter is just gonna fucking destroy your bones. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a tough rock. people. Tough. It's yeah. a rock. Tough, tough people. Okay. Uh, that one school in Bloodborne that's the academy you know what okay I've, I've got an answer for this there is one student in the academy that's hanging from the ceiling and he doesn't always trigger to fall down on you so the students are very easy to kill but this one student isn't as hard to, isn't as easy to kill as the other ones so I think he's got a fighting chance he's, he's, got, a, he's got a plan ceiling student okay. okay but but also there's also that big giant with the fucking like grappling sickle so I hate that guy <laughs> yeah I that's actually where I stopped playing Bloodborne recently oh I'll okay. go back okay Hogwarts I don't know fucking Deku yeah Deku okay uh, the the school from Junji Ito's Tomi. I would say Tomi because she's immortal, she's invincible. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a real strength to an immortal girl. Yep. Uh, we've got like three of them now. <laughs> yeah. Well, four if you include the gag girl because yeah. gag girl ain't you know like nothing will kill her. Nothing stopping her. Okay, uh, the school from the dissolving classroom. John, you might have an answer for this one. I oh, the teacher gets set on fire. <laughs> 
uh, Persona School, and here it says, I, I've not played these games and I can't tell them apart. Persona School. Uh, Chie. Yeah, Chie. It's very good. The Kung Fu Panda School. Oh, Tigress. You think, no, Jackie Chan Monkey. I gotta go with Tigress. Okay, yeah, Tigress. Okay, The Simpsons School, but it's Treehouse of Horrors style. Oh, um... Lunch Lady Doris. Oh, Murder Lunch Lady Doris, yeah. Bart Vampire. Bart also Vampire is good. pretty good. And then the last one, which I had a real think on. The Gantz School. Ooh. Now, there have been the several... The Dentist. The Dentist. <laughs> that dude. John, that guy's... Re- no, no, okay. So, for a while I was thinking about The Dentist... But what I was thinking was, you know the way the main guy runs away from the fight against the angels that have the weird, like, lung-shaped wings? And one of them follows him to school, but shapeshifts oh into God, a student. Oh my God, that so good. Okay, that shape-shifting angel with the long wings that looks like a student that yep. isn't talking oh, and then bites someone's so finger off? Yep. That fucking thing. Yeah. Okay. Now, out of all of those winners, who wins in that battle royale? Oh, um, and Deku. <laughs> no. I think Gag Girl's gonna have to fucking... <laughs> Regina George. Regina, okay, okay. Gag Girl or, or Regina George? Regina George takes up Ga. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Yeah. She would. She, she, she is playing a version, like lacrosse's guys. Mm-hmm. It's a stick. It's a fast-paced stick game. What else we got, Ryan? Okay. Who was that from? Felix. Thank, Thank you, Felix. Felix. Okay, this one is from Mike. And it's two short questions. <laughs> this isn't gonna be short. About games with music. Okay. Thank you. Hi, Neil, Brian, and John. Okay, the first question. I find the older I get, the more multitask uh, I get when I play through a game. I'll sometimes listen to other music instead of the game music itself. Are there any bands you associate with a game franchise? Yes, I got the Jack and Daxter um, platinum version of the game the same year that Britney's My Prerogative special like collection album came out and I used to play My Prerogative while playing Jack and Daxter so those are just linked in my mind forever that's which, a, that's, is, which that's, is good that's a good answer <laughs> which is a good thing John you got one? Oh yeah I got a ton um, I think um, Final Fantasy 7 and Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory which I think that experience makes up roughly a third of my personality. Um, uh, the one, the one that really always makes me like so nostalgic though is um, Secret of Mana. When I was little, my, I'm, I'm sure I've talked about this before, but my cousin had a tape player and he had one tape and it was Oasis's Wonderwall. And so I would just listen to Wonderwall on repeat while playing Secret of Mana. And so whenever I think back to Secret of Mana now, I'm like, that game is like so lonely and sad, you know. <laughs> and like I try and explain why that is and it's because I listened to Wonderwall 200 times while playing it but I, I really I, I really you know that was that's one of my favorite memories like playing Secret of Mana with my cousin and whenever I hear Wonderwall it's it's like the strongest sense of nostalgia I get and I really value that you know yeah alright uh, for me it is Donkey Kong Country and Cotton Eye Joe was yeah. that because there was a big line dancing moment god, that there hit, was, hit yeah. Ireland <laughs> around '94? Yeah. Oh my god! That and then I guess kind of like a year or two later when I'm coming into like the N64 games, we're talking like Ibiza, Cafe Del Mar, mm. whatever summer, like like Galas, uh, Strong Belief, Tekken Four, and uh, I would walk a thousand miles. Oh, that's kind of cute. It was. 
Yeah. Making your my way downtown. I always associate Final Fantasy VIII with Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill oh, as well. Oh, nice. So yeah. that was a very moody time. I associate uh, like Quake with that. Oh, cool. I had, a, I, had a, I had a very unusual friend who was really into both those things. <laughs> Mike uh, here has one where he says he associates Beautiful Joe with Limp Bizkit. But Sick! But it's also because Beautiful Joe looks like Fred yeah, Durst. Yeah, yeah, he does. It's a really good connection. Okay, then the other one, which I guess we're kind of already elaborating on, is are there any pieces of gaming music you associate to anything else? I think I've told this story on here before, but I had to get butt surgery before, and um, it was very painful. Like, I, I kind of... It was not in my butt, it was on my butt. Uh, but I had to get, like... I'm not going to go into it, but just a lot of stuff involving nerves and very severe pain. And... Um, Deep in the anus. It wasn't deep in the anus. It was on the butt. It was. It was. It was the the meat. But like, kind of the where the crack starts. It doesn't matter. But um, I ended up like basically screaming at the nurses to like give me some pain meds because it was like it was the most mind-numbing pain I had ever felt. And um, they eventually they were like, we can't give you more pain medication. You've had too much. And then I think after a while they were like, fine, fine, and they gave it to me. And that night. I didn't sleep a wink, but I was high as a kite, and I listened to the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack, and it was like the most engaged with music I have ever felt. Like, I felt like I could see it. I was like looking at my hands and being like, I can kind of hear the music on my hands. Um, and it was fucking awesome. It was worth It was worth the, the ass pain. But you guys? Um not a good ass pain story didn't didn't listen to any silent hill music well played. i liked your story recently about watching jeff gersman's garage streams well oh yeah <laughs> i needed some background music it really for just jeff. compliments whatever yeah, you want it really did rebecca was like i like the music he's playing and i was just like no no that's me making this the most ultimate experience um i listened to all of near gestalt's while reading robin hobbs fits oh, in the fool cool. trilogy and that was a that's a really emotional book trilogy so that album on top of it it's just like mwah. is the fits and the fool that's after the ship trilogy or is I, it before the ship trilogy? i think it's before but i read them um, the other way around as well the the live ship traders. Yeah. Because yeah. one has a lot of the fool and one doesn't have that much of the fool. Yeah, Fitz and the Fool has a lot of the fool in it. Unsurprisingly. I think yeah. that's after then. Yeah. Because I've always wanted to read that and I never have. Yeah. It's very good. Off the top of my head, uh, like, honestly, like, I love the music in Skyward Sword. I think it's really, really good Zelda music. And hearing that again 10 years later is just bringing a huge rush back. I think that's part of. Especially because the there wasn't really that much music in yeah. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and like the thing with the Skyward Sword soundtrack, I think it's the first Zelda game that was done by an actual orchestra. The orchestral soundtrack in Twilight Princess is a digital orchestra. Like this was an actual physical orchestra that did the soundtrack. So it, it just, it, it has much more of a presence. You know what? I, I said it before, I fucking hate orchestra music. John, I know it's just- That's it not all, true. It all sounds the same. It's all no. the same feeling and tone. And it's like, no, do something weird. Use synths, I don't know. <laughs> No. It's called jazz. <laughs> you just need to listen to more. <laughs> no, like, I like classical music. I just don't like it when they put orchestra music in games because I'm like, stop trying to be films. Okay. You know how you were talking about reading books with music? Mm -hmm. So, 
sometimes I'll reread certain arcs of One Piece and I have a kind of like discipline I have or that like I will always listen to Talking Heads oh. because in my mind Talking Heads is what One Piece is as music. That is such a weird comparison, but and I'm not going to say I understand, but okay. Aesthetically, they're very similar. You kind of give me ideas. I kind of want to reread Gantz while listening to White Pony. Oh, yeah. I love when, like, you can connect a pe- two pieces of media that you're really into at the one time and they go together. I recently read a Priory of the Orange Tree while listening to all of Caroline Polachek's album, and they just, like, fit so perfectly together that now that I've finished that book, I kind of find it nearly hard to listen to the album because i connected so strongly with those characters it's this like weird uh, like diptych that kind of like yeah yeah connects it's it's fun especially when like two things you like at the same time are kind of coming out or like at the same time and you're just like these will complement each other perfectly like wine and cheese but video game and music meteora and metroid prime is another one for me oh yeah yeah patreon shout outs Okay, this episode, we're going to talk about the Patreon a bit, are we? Oh, yeah. Now, we could have done this at the beginning of the episode and really, you know, done a thing about it. But you know what? We are going to talk about the Patreon, but we're also giving you the respect and time. Is that fair? Yeah, you're you're in too far now. You can't turn it off. Yeah, no, it's impossible. Hey, we have a Patreon and it's very good. And the people... Who supported support us on it are fantastic. Okay, look, I know I like to do a big spiel every time about why someone should join the Patreon, what the advantage is. So I'm gonna get real, real with this one, and I'm not gonna lie. Some feelings might get hurt. Okay, you can join three dollars a month, and you can get access to the Let's Fight a Boss Discord. And you might think, what could I do with the Let's Fight a Boss Discord? And there's things you could do. And, Brian, I'm just going to be real honest here. Someone could talk to you. There, There is... Neve? The incentive of friendly people there. Someone could talk to you, but you know... Yeah, yeah. And like, you know about myself, like, someone could talk... Why? Why? Like, come on. Or you could talk to Oni fucking Dino. 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 Apologies. Hi. The secret fourth member, the hidden boss, a person we are very, very fond of and a big supporter of, and who I also asked beforehand that he would be okay with me doing this plug, and he said yes. Oni's a star, deserves all your love and respect. Maybe you just want to donate $3, come into that Discord, and just salute Oni. Just, you don't even need to say anything. Find the best, do the solid snake gift, gif, salute. From three, where he's crying, just, just just launch one of them at Oni. Maybe he's going to write back. Maybe he's busy editing this episode. Don't worry about it. There there are a lot of characters on that Discord. And some become mods. Some become the lost. Oh, man. I feel so bad for those little losers. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to describe how you become lost. Like, but... There are people who have found their nesting on that Discord and... 
I'm real proud of them. Sometimes I look at that Discord and I'm like, it's their Discord now. <laughs> anyway, if to you, dear listener, if you haven't joined or supported, you know, like, 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 if you are curious about the Patreon and Discord and all that, and you want to know what's going on in there, yeah, just check it out. Yep. Yeah. I've made a lot more emojis because the server got boosted. Uh, there are two different Gex emojis. That's how you know it's a quality Discord. <laughs> but um, yeah, and thanks to everyone who donates to us. We are forever grateful. And it's, it is always so heartening to see the really fucking cool support this, this Discord gets. And just in general, thanks to our community. Because I generally find it to be such a chill, friendly community. And just, you know, welcoming of everyone. And it's, it's awesome. Brian. Okay, I have our names attached to them, so I'm going to read out my one. Is that okay? Go for it. Okay, this one is from Shrouder. Uh, I'm writing this while locked in the toilet at work. I've taken a huge dump, and boy, can you smell it. The handyman is outside now, opening the door with half the office. (gasps) May my soul be accepted into Valhalla. That is all. Shrouder, I know this is two years later, but could you give us an update on what happens? Dude, what happened? Yeah, come on. Neve, you want to take this one? This is from Pancakes. Been thinking about how much I enjoy listening to voices and accents lately and just wanted to thank you three for warming my ear holes with your beautiful mouth sounds. It's very good. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, this one is from Jazz Living. John, I pay $3 a month explicitly to know I can make you say things and for no other reason. Well, that, uh, well that's fucking weird, but thanks, Jazz Living. <laughs> Um, loot drop. Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay. So from all of us... You have precisely, I would say, I would say one minute and 40 seconds. Sorry about Uh, what you're saying. uh, So from all of us, we're going to have the music video for Blazing Squad. Yeah, Crossroads. Please. please. Because guys, and I I think we should call it the name of this episode, uh, that we will see you at the crossroads. That's a song that they covered. And I bet you Americans listening are just like, no, that's a really good song by a really good band. I don't know if that's true. But uh, I, I want you to hear what our introduction to Crossroads was. Because it's even better. <laughs> um, and real quick, just before we get to the loot drops themselves, I want to say, uh, we recently learned that MAGFest will be coming back next year. I know there's a pretty large like when I go to MAGFest I would say it is like one out of three people I meet there is Let's Fight a Boss fans and it's always really cool to see and you know we're kind of we're considering our plans we're seeing there is nothing set in stone but if you perhaps would like to see the full Let's Fight a Boss crew at MAGFest I'm gonna drop a little uh, little 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 form you can fill out and just let that will let MAGFest know hey I want you guys to bring these guys over and maybe it works out maybe it doesn't let's just see what you know it's people it, gre- it greases the wheels a little. Would it you does. guys agree? Oh, yeah, it does. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that form is easy accessible in the notes and other such places. Yeah, and like, you know, we appreciate it. You know, don't fill it out if you're not going to MagFest. If if 4,000 people fill it out and 80 people show up to the panel, that would be a, <laughs> would be a difficult one to explain. Yeah, um, if, you're enthousi- if, if you're enthusiastic about MagFest and Let's Fight a Boss, fill out this one-minute questionnaire. Yeah, that'd be great. 
Um, okay, I'm gonna drop the CM Punk pipe bomb I talked about earlier in the episode. Uh, seriously, even if you don't give a shit about wrestling and you skipped Wrestle Talk because you hate it when I talk about wrestling, just just watch a little bit of this. It is it is one of the most mesmerizing performances I've ever seen, and just the real genuine vitriol on CM Punk's face is it's just incredible. And John Cena's oh no, what's happening face is also very good. Brian. All right. I have a YouTube channel called Animalogic. Uh, it's one I put on uh, once a day. They, they, they do 10 minute videos about animals. And this one is on a bird called the shoebill. Brian, shoebills, terrifying. They're so cool. I know. Okay. So this came up because the birds in Skyward Sword are based on the shoebill. Oh. And the shoebill is a type of stork that is almost the same size as an ostrich. And I know we've spoken about ostriches before and how fucked up looking they are and all of that, right? The thing is, the shoebill has convinced you it doesn't exist. And there's something kind of nefarious about that too because they are fucking huge. They sound like a gun and they have this pointy little tip right at the, the, the middle of their beak and it'll crack you wide open. You like shoebills, Neve? I do. I like that they look like um, Muppet puppets, but they like do. violent. They look like the bad guys in a like feature Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is just a video on it, on them. And I, I really like this channel in, in general because one of the hosts is a big Pokemon fan. And if she gets the chance, she will like compare it to a Pokemon. Cool. Which I think is, is good. Neve. Oh, man. Time's up. I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. Why don't Why don't you I loot drop don't. a previous Let's Fight a Boss episode? <laughs> <laughs> Go, Brittany. What's your favorite episode of Let's Fight a Boss? Or, or like a best oh of clip or something. Oh, my God. What is my favorite episode? I base it on the artwork I do. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, 182. Three. We're not think even that there. exists yet. <laughs> We're in episode 145. Wait, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I'm you gonna, could, I owe, I owe you 183 episodes. <laughs> Why don't you link 145, and that way people can just listen forever. <laughs> like the new drop is to its, <laughs> to its. Yeah, I'm gonna just link to this episode. That's it. That's what we're doing. Okay, so uh, it's going to be the SoundCloud and the SoundCloud. I haven't been on the internet much this week. I went outside. That's really Boo. good, though. <laughs> I know. Uh, Guys, that's going to do it for episode 104. Oh, what a... That's a spicy episode. 145. I sure regret some things. I regret so much, and um, whether it stays in the episode or not is uh, not up to me at this point. Because we've used up all our oopsie tokens and, you know, <laughs> sorry. Sorry for what we did. Let's fight a boss. We're so sorry. This is the end of the episode. Yeah, it keeps going. I can tell more old jokes. Go for it. Yeah, do. Kick <laughs> me while I'm down. Yeah, do it. Do, do the table. Do get, get like everyone. Oh, fuck. No, I actually don't have any stuff. Neve, Neve. <laughs> no, come on, Neve. You love being mean. Come you're, on. You're, no, what? It's, 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 <laughs> you, you batter up, Neve. I don't Just have any. Space I actually jam. don't batter have up. any. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like John so muscly that... Um, John so muscly that... <laughs> you don't know where his butt starts <laughs> and his face ends. Ooh.